The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome once again. Summer Brecky on the Tuesday morning. Today, the 24th day of January in the McCafe menu, our official coffee partner. Another big one. Jeez, we started the uh, the week strong. Luke McDonald, newly installed North Melbourne co-captain, will join us. Uh, looking forward to that. Mike Cation, USA tennis commentator out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, I reckon, and he has plenty to work with. Three Americans into the quarterfinals of the Australian Open for the first time in 20, more than 20 years. Breton Toy is the highly respected coach of the Tiwi Bombers up there in the NTFL, and he has Harley Bannell bound for Melbourne, bound for Victoria now, former Gold Coast Frio Melbourne midfielder. One more crack he's going to give it to get back into the AFL. BP will join us, of course, SEN tennis guru, uh, to wrap up the events of last night at Melbourne Park. Questions without notice. An interesting last fan standing today, thanks to Maccas. And it's all for the Kogan Money credit card, packed full of value. Good morning to you, Scoob. Morning, Sam. Morning. Um, long day yesterday. A lot of sport on. Consumed a lot of sport yesterday. Now, you're 49ers. Did no, you I watch enjoyed it? it. I did. Into the championship game. Yeah, I had to skip lunch. Don't, doesn't the game go for a long time? <laughs> NFL is one of those sports where you sort of, it's an armchair sport where you might do a bit of, bit of a crossword, read a bit of a book, go off and do something, come back, watch a bit more. But it, how long did it go for yesterday? Well, I think it was about quarter to three. I, I thought I'd finished. Miss, I've missed lunch. Jeez. I don't like missing lunch. How did Brett Margo, our kicker from the Cowboys, they stuck with him? They smothered the first one, which <laughs> I thought was going left. I think. And then he kicked a couple of beauties. I think it was missing. Yeah, yeah. he kicked a couple of beauties. So the first one was blocked, big. Hand came up and blocked it. The next two were very good kicks. I very see uh, there was a bit of drama in the warm-up, though, where they were trying to – poor old Brett Maher was trying to warm up, and the Niners came across and um, and blocked the practice session. Fantastic. Words were exchanged. Isn't that good? So if he didn't have the yips beforehand, <laughs> he, he had them then. He knew he was in the game. They reminded him he was in the game. So that, that, was, all, um, that was all good. And then I, I stayed on the tennis. I've got a new uh, um, uh, bro – when it comes to tennis. A new bro. Well, now Nick's not there. A new bromance. Yeah, bromance. That young Danish bloke played the Russian Rublev. Mm. Is that Rune? Rune. Mm. Or Rooney, Rune. Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. Well, last BP out of print. Yep. Um, he's a ripper. Is that Casper? Casper? He's, he's only 18 or 19 years old. You like him? What I about like ben, him. What he's, about, my, he's my new favourite. Well, ask Mike Cation, because I think he knows Ben Shelton better than just about any tennis observer out there. But it's he's 20 years of age, the American. Mm. As I said, he's into the quarters. But he it's his first trip ever outside the US. His first trip ever outside the US. He's enjoying it. And he's, he's having a good time. <laughs> he's into the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. But what about the Demon last night? Absolutely smacked by Novak Djokovic. Two hours and nine minutes. So... What are you saying is the optimum length for a sporting event? Are we Novak, Demon, or too short, NFL too long, somewhere in between? I'm, I'm asking our SEN family today to finish a sentence for me. I need them to finish a sentence. And that sentence is, for Alex Demon to get to tennis's top ten, he needs a... Oh. Yeah, this he is needs a, you a, were speaking about his, his ace in his deck. Well, there's not yesterday. an ace in his deck. And, and the, I, 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 he, he plays a, played a superstar last night, but he ne- I, I'm not sure what that ace in his deck is. I don't know if it's strength. I don't know what it is. But there, there isn't, isn't that ace. There was nothing for him to pull on last night 
to put himself back in the match where a Nick Kyrgios would have served down eight thunderbolts mm. over a couple of matches and steadied the ship, if you know what I mean. He, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a go-to shot or a, a go-to play, I don't think, that, that's going to get him to that that level that he, he he's determined to get to. And I'm not sure what it is. So I thought I'd just ask the question this morning. Yeah, finish the sentence. Needs a... Okay. Dot, dot, dot. There it is. Well, some of the greats of the sport, I mean, uh, Johnny McEnroe, Boris Becker, I mean, even Mark Woodford with us yesterday gave Demon a good chance uh, uh, to roll um, Novak at Melbourne Park last night. He was brutally swept aside. 6-2, 6-1, two hours, seven minutes. So Novak now 38 consecutive wins in Australia, 25 consecutive at the Australian Open, one away from Andre Agassi's record. And, and Johnny Millman, who a lot of people praising his commentary off the uh, – the mm, Temper 40 Wings text this morning. He called it different planet tennis. Um, he was in another world. He, he bullied him in the rallies. He was on top in just about every exchange, depth, power. He was just hanging on for, for life, was um, was poor old demon. And, and that was the thing to me, where, where people, and I think, I think it was just patriotism that people gave him a chance. In reality, he, he didn't. Because when, when you saw the gulf between Novak and, and Demon or last night. That that is a massive golf. Yeah, well, it was last night. I tell you what, there's no. Uh, I see uh, Nick Kyrgios, by the way, took the opportunity to to tweet and remind everybody that he actually, yes, he had beaten Novak Djokovic before. <laughs> oh boy, he was uh, he was uh, up uh, up in Canberra. He's been up in Canberra, obviously, to have a knee operation, have that knee uh, cleaned out. He said, "How have I beaten this guy?" Um, but there's no love loss between Demon or Novak either. I'm not sure if you. If you caught this, uh, in his post-match press conference last night, the, the demon said, I think everyone, when he was asked about the injury, all the talk about the hamstring, is he, has he got an injury? Has he not got an injury? Obviously, Novak garnered something of a reputation for exaggerating injuries, Simon. There was the abdominal tear in 2021 before he cruised to the title. Um, after 2015, when he won, Andy Murray accused him of playing up an issue that wasn't legitimate. So when his post-match press conference last night, the, the demon was asked about the hamstring uh, problem that Novak might have, and this is how he chose to answer. I don't know. I mean, you tell me how you thought he, he looked out there. I mean, playing him, uh, uh, I thought he was moving pretty well. Uh, so, I don't know. Is it hard to isolate yourself from all that speculation? On the hamstring when you enter the court today, was it? You know, how did you move away from that? Look, I, I don't know. I think everyone's kind of seen what's been happening over the couple of weeks, and you know, it's it's the only thing everyone's been talking about. But today, I was out there on court against him, and either I'm not a good enough tennis player to expose that, or it just it looked it looked good to me. He was just too good in, in all aspects. So that was Alex Stevenor last night. You might remember 12 months ago, he was quite vocal on Novak's deportation. He said, we are tired of that circus. Now, he did two press conferences last night, Novak does, as all of the, the dual-speaking players do. He did one in English, one in Serbian. Now, the Serbian one that was translated by Portuguese tennis journal Jose Morgado quoted Novak as saying, only my injuries are questioned. When some other players are injured, then they are the victims. But when it's me, I'm faking it. It is very interesting. I don't feel that I need to prove anything to anyone. And he said of Alex Dimonor, I have no relationship with him. I respect him like all other players, but he showed in 2022 what he thinks about me. 
<laughs> so there's certainly no love loss between those two. Um, Novak um, speaking in Serbian last night at uh, at Melbourne Park. So interesting, interesting exchange between the pair. But he marches on, and he looks. Hey, look, if the, if the if the hamstring is a factor, then oh. it's uh, well was. It's not anymore. It would seem. Well, it, it, it's either that or you know the golf between Dimitar and and uh, Djokovic has got. Uh, a lot deeper than what it was you know, 12 months ago. Your sentence game here has started well. Yeah, it has started well. Uh, Alex Demonor needs six inches. The growth spurt. Serve volley game. A miracle. No, it's a ripper, a miracle. <laughs> There's needed, a couple he needs a miracle. He needed one last night. Oh. Uh, anyway, it was uh, – it, it, look, and if we're being kind of uh, – there's no motivation for Novak to exaggerate the injury, I don't think. But if it is still bothering him uh, – Maybe he wanted to make the points as short as possible. But he did say afterwards as well that um, he felt as good as he has felt in the tournament mm. and he looks unbelievably good at the moment. He's going to take some serious beating. Hey, your spuds last night. I took them home. Oh, you had a cook-up? I did because I had my mum and dad come up. I had my mother-in-law over oh, as well. Oh, jeez. So I thought, I'm I'm whipping these things out. Now, I came in with them and uh, my wife said, oh, no, I've already got I've already got potatoes. I said, no, no, you haven't. Not like these. Oh. Have a look at these. So we... I got them in the pizza oven. I roasted them in the end oh, did you? with uh, just a bit of rosemary, a bit of salt and pepper on the top, mm. nice bit of olive oil. Just simple. Now, my, you remember we couldn't name, you couldn't quite tell me what they were. Now, my mother-in-law's a bit of a potato aficionado. Mm. She said that was some sort of red skin potato, but there's many different varieties. But she said some of those red skin potatoes are quite rare, quite hard to get. They were magnificent. Were they? We, I slow roasted them in the pizza oven. Very pleased. With a barbecue sort of set up, yeah. lots of meats and whatnot, a few salads. They were beautiful. Nice little hot sauce on the side. Because yeah, I was trying to figure out what they were because when we planted them, you put the when you plant them, you put the little identifier on the on their row. Oh, what happened to your identifier? Oh, they, they, they all faded. <laughs> what? It's just that a card with nothing on it. It was a card. <laughs> oh, no. All the writing had faded. So as they're coming out, they're thinking, right, which ones are which? But, but, but you in know, the end, they all come out together. It's like anything, that any produce. It's like when you get it fresh and you, and you get it from... Oh, it feels different. Mm. It smells different. It certainly tastes different. You can tell straight away. You're picking up one of these spuds. It was like, man, this is what have I been eating before yeah. this? Well, I was, uh, to to back up what you're saying, that that's uh, I, I agree with you on the vegetables. One day we were on holidays, and I'm the worst fisherman ever. Like, you know, there could be, like, I can go to one of those fish farms and not catch a trout. <laughs> that's how bad I am. <laughs> and one day we, we went yeah, out, aren't they just leaping we, out of the water in those things? Aren't they? Yeah, I went with. Uh, Two of the kids, um, and they they caught five whiting. The kids, none went on my hook, of course. So, but we brought them home, and I fillet. I, I just took the fillet straight off, knocked them on the head first. But I, I took the yeah. fillet straight off, yeah, and put it on the barbecue with a bit of lemon and a bit of butter. Talk about fresh and taste differently. Yeah, I'd never had a, a fillet of whiting like it in my life. It was magnificent. You could still taste the salt water. I remember embarrassing oh. myself massively down at the press club down there on Flinders Street. You know, the famous, the old Herald Sun building became yeah. a really, really good restaurant. Anyway, there was, was a, a George Columbaris, yeah, wasn't it? Some sort of entree with tomato, or just tomato. And I said, "What have you done with these tomatoes?" And the waiter said, "Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, no. They're fresh. They've come from the farm that we source our stuff from." I'm like, "You're kidding me. The flavour was outrageous. But we can get them from our supermarket friends. They're just..." 
goodness knows what they've been sprayed yeah. with and how old they mm. are and whatever. Just an amazing difference. Yeah. He said nothing. They're just fresh from the yeah. fresh, straight off the vine. Yeah. Amazing. Um, keep your texts coming through on the Temper Forty Wings text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, and it's the IMA Insurance Open Line today, Scoob. The booing on a Tuesday. I'm a welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome. Nice well, to and have I feel you. like saying welcome back, of course. one 736 736 You know, my folks were up last night and they lived out on the Mornington Peninsula, which is just heaving at the moment with um, holiday makers and, um, and visitors as, as it is each and every summer. But they were talking about the, we know it's emerged, but the continued growth and expansion of the old weekend surcharge. Not the public holiday surcharge in the hospitality industry, but the weekend surcharge that has just taken off now. So not just Sundays, but Saturdays as well. 10% is, I don't know if that's even the norm anymore. They're seeing 15, even 20% Wow! just for the right to dine on a weekend to grab a coffee, grab a bit of egg on toast at a cafe down there or a restaurant, up to 20% just on weekends. Have you experienced a weekend surcharge? I think some places still don't do it at all. But certainly maybe the festive season down both coasts here in mm. Victoria, the Ballerina and the Mornington, the weekend surcharge is well and truly alive and well. Okay. Well, I look forward to talking to a few people when they're back from their holidays and saying, yeah. hey, did, did you sense it or did you see it? What about the credit card surcharge? You see that a bit, don't we? Yeah, that, that's that's everywhere. That irritates me. Yeah, the the 1.2% or yeah, the 0.8% or whatever. Me. Wouldn't it just be the cost of business when you say this is the cost of business? Why does that all have to be passed on? What has it irritated me? I don't know if anyone's gone through the identity stuff. They've had to do the identity stuff with the bank. The, you know, this voice had, confirms my identity. No, if you've had a company for a certain period of time, you've had to go through and, and oh, you'll have to educate me on that. Re-identify yourself. So apparently, this is because of whatever happened X amount of years ago, and so you, you've got to have either your passport, your license. Your Medicare card, but if you haven't, don't do it in a certain window. They shut your accounts down. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they shut my credit card down the other day because I hadn't done it by a certain date, and I'd rung them four times. The bank will remain nameless. Four times I'd rung them, and uh, they're they're sort of um, ah okay. Uh, we can't transfer it, you know, while we're talking to you. Mm. Mine's not working on my computer, so I'd, I'd tried to be do the right thing, but when they turned my accounts back on, how long do you reckon it was with the credit card didn't work? All right. So every time I've gone to get my coffee of the morning, I thought I'll keep trying it to see declined, 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 <laughs> declined. This morning. Happy days. Happy days. A big good morning as well to our South Australian to audience. And I paid them. Maggers, nice. Uh, big uh, good morning to our South Australian audience as well. We've got you for another uh, 12 or so minutes before you uh, plug into Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs over there in Adelaide. Hey, by the way, last fan standing today is uh, is a very special theme, and I'll reveal that after this break. By I'm the way, nothing to do with it. Just Zero, on that front. I'll be leaving. <laughs> The broadcast desk <laughs> when the quiz is on. I have zero to do with this, folks. Nothing. Zero nothing. All right. Well, I'll reveal the theme right after this. Stay with us on Suburb Brecky. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Long weekend coming up this weekend as well, Simon. So you brace yourself. Brace yourself. Well, isn't it the Australia Day long weekend coming up? 
We allowed to call it that still? We're not even not. We're working. No. Oh, well, you're not. Well, it's your birthday on Australia Day, isn't it, as well? So maybe we should call are you it working this week? Simon O'Donnell long weekend. Are you not, no, what? today's my last day with you for a little while. Just absence makes going? it. This, I found that going to Adelaide actually helped us bond, so I'm, I'm taking another five days off just to make sure that we can <sighs> just uh, safeguard our relationship until uh, Gary and Tim return uh, next month. But brace yourself for the, the weekend surcharge if you are going away. I mean, a lot of people texting through Fish and East Bentley, all these extra surcharges are what I call COVID recovery fund for the hospitality industry. And maybe that's fair enough, Fish. Small business have done it uh, tougher than most. Hey, boys, I live on the in Mornington. $14 for a beer at the local on the weekend. A schooner has doubled in price since 2020, often paying 23 to 25 bucks for a cocktail as well. Michael says... The, Brock's on the cocktails. He's on, on your the Brock. cocktails, Brock. Gee whiz, mate. That's me immortal so you don't touch those. Uh, the worst thing is having to pay for sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a 2023 surcharge, full stop, says uh, says others. So um, anyway, uh, prizes today. We've got a stack of them as well, Scoob. So if you want to uh, claim some of these, uh, give us a buzz anytime you like. one We've got the $100 tennis only gift voucher. We've got the double pass to the Summer Festival at the Valley on January 28. Uh, Summer Festival at the Valley, 21 to 24. As well, tickets at thevalley.com.au, February 24, sorry. Uh, Oki Melbourne experience of four people valued at 360 bucks. That's plenty of darts, scoob, and some share plates and some cocktails as well. The Signet Boost Power Bank, which I'm using right now. Is that what that is? That's what that is. That, Look at that, that little black box there. Nifty little unit. Yes, it's powering up my iPad so I can be up to date on things. And eight hours. Not many, but things. <laughs> eight hours of golf for you and a mate as well we've got here at Club Mandalay. You can find them online, clubmandalay.com.au. No smart aleck comments on the text from what I just said either, please. Last fan standing. Up to date on things. People just say, no, you're not your big slow wimp. Last fan standing today is all about you. So it is a Simon O'Donnell uh, quiz today. Uh, thanks to Maccas uh, to Joke. get yourself in the Won't grand final here. for the trip to India. Simon wants to read it out, but I said that's probably not a good <laughs> idea. I'll take care of the quiz today. So uh, later on when we give you the go-ahead, uh, give us a buzz. Injecting yourself into my area of the program, if, bang, just if, taking it over. If you know Simon's uh, storied career well, then uh, you are going to be in pole position today. Now, speaking of you, and your career with the bat, and then what followed behind the microphone. I read the, a similar story in multiple outlets yesterday that Indian cricket officials are on the hunt for another former Australian player to commentate Australia's upcoming test series against India with ex-captain Michael Clark set to be replaced. Now, Scoob, hang on a second. I read a story in The Age. They said the BCCI were now seeking another ex-player to replace Clark. Hayden, Matty Hayden's already locked in. Then the Daily Telegraph, just a few moments later, reported that uh, Indian cricket bosses, in fact, have been holding secret talks with former Australian players as replacements for Clark. So have you been involved in those secret talks with the BCCI? I'm just making sure my signet power bank is... Charged up my phone. It's not charging your phone, is it? <laughs> because the Herald Sun then reported broadcasters have sent an SOS to Mark War. Oh, what? So how's Junior? Junior's parachuted in. My Got ahead turf. of you. I can't believe it. What? has this happened? Oh, I don't know. I can't believe the BCCI haven't rung me. Like, you'd think they'd want to go to the top of the tree. So they haven't? They haven't. They haven't given you a call. I could dust off the jacket. When I read that headline that they're looking for another former Australian player to commentate over there, I thought, I've got him over here. Uh, I read it a bit differently. One I read was Test Star that oh, it stuffs me. <laughs> <laughs> How many tests did you play? <laughs> Not very 
No, how many? No, I don't six? Know. I don't. Well, it's six. If it is six, it's six more than just about everyone listening this morning. So don't don't shy away okay. from that. Um... Hey, Caller of the Year is back, by the way. Uh, Monday, 30th of January. So that's when Caller of the Year is back. Call up SEM Breakfast for your chance to win a brand new Toyota, which is up for grabs again come the end of the year. Um, lots to get to. Uh, we've got the news headlines coming up uh, in just a moment. And for our friends over there in South Australia, stand by. We'll plug you into our SEN SA Breakfast, which is... a uh, off on a whole new era this year, which is fantastic, with Jared Walsh steering the ship alongside the former Blue and Crow Bryce Gibbs as well. So stick with us here, though, if you are in uh, Melbourne town or listen to us via the app, of course. We've got uh, plenty to get through today. Luke McDonald's going to join us. Mike Cation as well to talk tennis. Brenton Toy, the Tiwi Bombers uh, coach, the latest on Harley Bennell. BP, questions without notice, and a very, very special edition of Last Fan Standing Thanks to Maccas for the seats and the trip to India. So stay with us. We'll be back right after these news headlines. From 7pm on SEN Fanatic and the SEN app. Our sports update is for our friends at Toro. They're above ground, they're below ground. It doesn't matter where they are, you can count on Toro. Uh, what about the Sixers last night? Anna Pavlo just touching on those uh, that magnificent uh, T20 outfit. Uh, they won in Hobart for the first time since BBL4. So Steve Smith, 66 of 33 this time. So he is clubbed uh, 36, 101, 125 not out, 66 last night. He seemed destined for a ton. Mm. He went at LBW to a full toss. Um, he smashed three fours, five sixes in his half century, and he's now atop the leaderboard for the most sixes in the tournament with 24. He's only played four matches. Yeah, This is the man who couldn't get into our World Cup squad. Correct. Can't play 2020. How stupid do we yeah. look now? Well, it's probably not the first time that Steve Smith's made people look stupid. No, well, that's a that's a that's Particularly a very uh, The action continues tonight. Uh, the Renegades uh, take on the Strikers at Marvel Stadium and a must-win for the Renegades. Alex Demon all brutally swept aside last night. Straight sets to a dominant Novak Djokovic uh, last night. I mean, there were some breaks to love in that match. Uh, the Demon totally outclassed. To be a top 10 player... Alex Demon or needs, needs dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 dot. Give us dot, your nomination, 0433981116. Uh, earlier, though, you were struck by this oh, match, Oh, I, I did. Loved it. Uh, Rublev, uh, five-setter, um, and multiple match points to advance past uh, Holger Rune. Oh, but what about... Roller coaster of a match. Now, he, he's he's the young Dane. He, he's a ripper. So the tiebreaker in the fifth... back into it. I only read about it. I didn't see it. So uh, the Dane was up five... Nil in the tiebreak, was he not? And 7-3, I reckon. Yeah, but both had... And got rolled. Both had match points. Both, both had match points. The Dane had match points and so did the Russian. But unfortunately, it was a, a net cord that that bought the game. Um, Rublev had match yeah, points. just trickle over there. Just trickle over. You know, <laughs> like, sad, sad way for it to did finish, he give the Did he give the older pollet the one-hand apology? Well, he hit the deck straight away. Like They were both buggered. Yeah. It was a fantastic game of tennis. Absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Actually, I, I took... Um, I was listening to Nine News last night, and it annoyed me. Um, Tony Jones, in his report, he said a match he should have won because he got the you know, mm-hmm. the head start in the in the fifth set tiebreak. I thought I don't like that. No, it wasn't a match he should have won. Well, if you're up seven three in the tiebreak to ten, you'd reckon. Oh, he's up five you're nil. In, I think. I think yeah, five up, nil and seven three. But, you'd reckon you're in the box seat. Yeah, but, but, I see. I, I don't. 
I don't think that. Okay. I don't think that. I mean, it's not, it's, it ain't it's, over till it's over. It ain't, ain't over till it's over. These guys are the best in the world. You know, for someone just, oh, you should have won that. That's true. That, that's not, we're in a fifth set. They're, they're playing they're the 10 tiebreak. And someone's just saying, oh, Matchy should have won of it. Nah, I'm not copping that. Gee, there's that's some, wrong. There's cruel and comedic text coming through. Um, Alex <laughs> Demon or needs dot, dot, dot. About 40 players to retire. <laughs> says this text. That's a bit rough. That's a bit rough. Hey, uh, Aussie duo Jason Kubler and Rinky Hinjakata, they've once again made a comeback, speaking of comeback, Scoob, to make the final eight in the men's double. So we'll watch that with interest as well. And you'll remember uh, the kerfuffle, the saga, the drama around Manly the Manly Seagulls and the Pride Jumper. Well, we've got an NBL version now because several Cairns Taipans players, according to News Corp, have told club management they do not want to wear the NBL's Pride Round rainbow logo on their singlets in Wednesday's away clash tomorrow, of course, against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix due to their religious beliefs. But unlike the um, the NRL, the players and the clubs in the NBL were informed of the Pride Round, I reckon, back in September. So what's that, some five months ago? They're not going to force the players to wear it, and I think the ones that don't want to wear it are going to be able to wear it as standard um, logo, champion logo, if you like, on their kit rather than the Pride mm. uh, rainbow logo if they don't want to do that. Now, West Coast have been devastated uh, by the loss of young oh, defender Ritz Razzo. mm. Razzo's mother and a tragic boating accident with the club throwing its support around the second year play. He had some other family tragedy a few years back as well, losing yep. his dad, unfortunately, to cancer. cancer. So, Terrible. It's shocking. Uh, that's, um, uh, absolutely shocking news and... Uh, we um we send our thoughts out to to young Rhett and his sister who um are now haven't got a mum and a dad. Yep, Maxie Gorn, uh, Melbourne captain, has escaped serious hamstring damage. Uh, just had a little nick on Friday. Uh, we'll continue to train on a modified program. Just a little uh, incident last week, but uh, it was running yesterday. No problems there. But you know he loves his cycling. He was supposed to be at the Tour Down Under as an ambassador, but the one day. He couldn't get injured. was the one day he did get injured, so he wasn't able to fly over to Adelaide. Uh, Nick Kyrgios had surgery on his knee as well, Simon. He's aiming to be back playing professional tennis next month. Remember, he had that cyst mm. uh, in the meniscus there that uh, got a little bit nasty, so uh, he's had that clean. He uh, beat Novak Djokovic. I think, I think he did, didn't he? Did he let us know that last night? I think he, he let us know again. Bit. Yeah, he that let was, us know. That was he fantastic. never misses an opportunity. He's back, Nick. Sports update is for Toro above or below ground. You can count on Toro. Now we had uh, we relied on, as I said earlier, the Portuguese tennis guru uh, has a big following on Twitter, Jose Morgado, who translated Novak's um, Serbian uh, press conference last night. That uh, just shed a little bit of light on the bad blood between he and the demon. Well, uh, Jose's going to join us uh, live from London just before seven a.m. Uh, our time. So we'll take a break. Make sure we have our uh, planets lined up to hear from uh, Jose in just a short period of time. So stay with us on Summer Brekkie. Be back shortly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise, mate. Um, I know the way they were sort of going on the back of the uh, UAE and how they, they chased and chased big totals down and, and had batters go the whole time. Australia's a different different beast, T20 here. So sometimes you need, there's more ways to, to skin a cat, if you like, yeah, okay. the way they go about it. So, um, you know, I think he probably should have played. He suited Australia's set up a lot better in terms of the bigger grounds, lots of twos, 
there's a lot more running between the wickets, etc. And and you still, yes, you need the power, but you need to get a total that, that makes it a bit easier to defend. So uh, I think there's roles for both types of players in Australia. That was the voice of Darren Lehman uh, speaking on Steve Smith on SENQ yesterday with, with Patton Heels. If only we picked him in our World Cup squad, might have been, might have been a good decision. Well, we debated it a number of times. We did, but hey, no, it's but too late you're now. Just need him, you need him there because of what he can, he can do. It, it When's our next hit, hit, hit? We don't have a T20 uh, assignment for, well, when are we? A long time. A long time. Yeah. India Tour coming up. Ash is obviously hot off the back of that. So uh, Steve Smith going to play county cricket in the lead-in. We spoke about that. Last week as well. Hey, um, Alistair Clarkson's got a thing for walls, hasn't he? I mean, I think that that became clear yesterday. You know, famously or infamously, put his fist through one at the MCG oh, back in the day when as just you do. went, yeah, as you do, when things got a little got a little hot under the collar and his team weren't quite performing. Off or, a bit of energy before he went downstairs. See the boys carrying out the plan, and the plaster just sort of gave way. Well, I'm I'm not sure how he chose to uh, to knock down the wall at Arden Street when he took the job, but he has done so. I'm not sure if um. If uh, the old uh, wrecking ball needed to be dusted off, given uh, Clarko's penchant for uh, for wall removals and damage, but Luke McDonald, the new uh, Kangaroos skipper. co-captain, yep, skipper, revealed uh, yesterday that um, he'd done a little bit more rearranging Clarko. But literally day one, the, the footy department's always had a, a big wall put up and we're sort of almost like hidden like it's secret business. But day one, when he got in the club, he's like, that wall's going down. We're literally having our meetings in, in front of everyone. So we've got admin staff, we've got people visiting, walking through. And yeah, it's, it's, all, it's just a great feeling around the club that, it, you know, it's not just a footy department, it's everyone's all together. So there you go. Yeah, bang. Just that wall's going down. Mm. And it did. So we'll speak to Luke McDonald a little bit later on. Looking forward to that. I think he's going to be the talker. And Josh Simkin, well, they're both doers, but Josh Simkin's more of the reserved, quiet up, set the standards on game danger in the week sort of operator. And Luke McDonald is uh, is going to be more of the man we're going to hear from. Well, they said as much yesterday that they complement each other quite well. Uh, Josh said Luke can talk underwater, as you can tell. He looks a talker to me. Yeah, he's a good. Well, obviously the son of. I mean, uh, history with the club's great. It's what such a great appointment. You know, Donald McDonald um, uh, has played for the club, has coached the club as well, of course. And there's the famous photo that surfaced uh, in the lead up to this announcement of Luke McDonald at the, the, the Dallas Brooks Town Hall when North Melbourne were fighting to stay in Melbourne and not go to the Gold Coast. He was there as a, geez, how old would he have been back then? I reckon maybe early teens, you know, holding placards and the like outside the Dallas Brooks uh, Town Centre there in Melbourne. So it's a great, it's a great announcement and a great story. I saw uh, Darcy Moore training yesterday down in Lawn, the Pies down yeah. there for their pre-season camp. He's back running, which is which is good. Steady as she goes, restricted, uh, skills away from the main group and, and the like. But uh, given he was hospitalised, uh, pre-Christmas with that osteomyelitis. That is good news for the pies, isn't it? See what is osteomyelitis? It's an in- inflammation that occurs in the bones. Oh. Yeah. It's an infection, basically. Not pleasant? He said that. It, he said yesterday when he was speaking to the media that it... What brings it, it on? I'm not sure. He said he discovered it after he felt... Uh, he called it irregular soreness as he started to build up his off-season training. So I think he was a bit sore than normal. He thought, oh... Go get this checked out. And he was diagnosed with, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, osteomyelitis. Wow. Yeah. So he reckons he's going to get enough work in between now and round one to be ready to go. You know, the opening game of the season, um, which will be big. I think it's the Cats on a, on a Friday night, isn't it? Collingwood uh, and Geelong. Um, so they're down at Lawn for a few days for a bit of hard work, mate. Bit of hard work. They're training hard now. I saw them hooting up one of the just... 
Oh, the, the hills. Repeats. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Just, oh. you know, jog back down and up oh. you come again a little. Oh. You would have done. Well, it's a different era. Do you do ever really hard training sessions oh, yeah. for the Aussies when you were getting ready for? Um, yeah, got a few of the Aussies, but footy. Saints. Footy, mm. the, you know, 10 fours, 10 twos, 10 ones. Oh, jeez. Pre-season. Then jog back to you know, do, do your gym work and stuff. You're knack at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's Shocking Premier League. milkshaking a couple of dimmies on the way home. <laughs> fix that. You're not joking, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, hey well, I've got a text, actually. Big scuba smashes TJ off the top turn buckle <laughs> oh, after dear. you had a crack at Tony Jones oh. earlier. Saying, oh, only, only for a word. <laughs> yeah. A word. Pre- match you should have won. I'm not sure. Our Premier League update is uh, is for our friends at Optus Sport, of course. You can uh, only catch the Premier League on Optus Sport. And there's some live action. Quarter past seven today. Kick off Fulham against Tottenham uh, this morning. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Arsenal well clear on top of the table. But this is a big one for Spurs because they're chasing Manchester United for that top four spot as well. Champions League qualification. So Spurs need to keep on winning. Harry Kane and his men. So that one starts at 7.15. We'll give you some... Score updates with the necessary spoiler alerts. Yes, as the morning goes on. Don't miss a second of the Premier League action only on Optus Sport. So Jose Morgado after this, okay, live from London. We're going to talk uh, Novak Djokovic. Just a bit of a little bit of bad blood between him and the Demon. What uh, language are you going to speak to him? Oh, I think I'll just speak the English with him. Oh, yeah. I thought Portuguese. I thought maybe Serbian. but I was going to throw in a bit of Japanese. He speaks Japanese too, does he? I don't know, but I, I speak six languages fluently. I think you need a spell. We'll be back after this. <laughs> the Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. I've just been sent a photo of Simon, a batch of hot air balloons from Tim Salibus that messaged me on Instagram. They're heading west. So that's our latest hot air balloon update because we mentioned it yesterday. Brooksy saw a couple out the window here. And we when we see them here, we worry. Sure enough, one of them did touch down in Albert Park, maybe Middle Park uh, yesterday in a place that it shouldn't have. So uh, we haven't seen any this morning, but uh maybe they're on uh maybe they're flying they're flying true today, so they're heading out west. A beautiful sunrise, too, over the CBD. So heading out west, where have they taken off from? You're not oh, sure? I'm not sure. They take off from all different uh, destinations. usually they go from west to east, not east to west. Tim, keep us abreast of the situation, please, if you have a line of sight on this, on the, our, uh, our flying craft uh, this morning because we take a great interest in... Uh, in the strike rate of our hot air balloons and their ability to land safely uh, at the moment. We were trying to get Jose Morgado on. Hopefully he does answer shortly. Uh, the man is as connected as anyone when it comes to this Australian Open, which it must be said continues to amaze Scoob. It's always going to have a bit of controversy and a bit of drama yes, and there's balls and there's temperature and there's scheduling. And But at the end of the day, the tennis has been nothing short of immense. And uh, in amidst all of it, Novak Djokovic uh, just flexing at the moment. So uh, I know his approval rating might not be too high and people say he's faking injury and, and, and all that sort of stuff. The undisputed fact is that his tennis, he's absolutely scintillating and he remains the man to be. The way he flushed that ball last night, it's going over the tape at, by two centimetres every time. Absolute lasers, forehand, backhand, down the line, cross court. And when he wasn't hitting winners, he was just pushing the demon back in the court, back in the court. Johnny Millman said he was playing too central, the demon. Just needed to work him more, like that Kelpie that you have on your property. He, he couldn't. I, no. I thought that was interesting in the the talk leading into the game was oh, 
and he's got to work him from side to side. No one can work him from side to side because he's that good. He takes control of the point. You've got to be controlling the point to work him from side to side. Otherwise, I assume your risk factor of your shot goes up. You're just def- you're just defending the whole time yeah. because uh, Novak's taking the ascendancy in every rally, right up in your grill. Isn't Novak's it? not singing from the other end. Mate, take control. You run me around where you want. <laughs> That's right. Hey, uh, Beetle text in though. You know, Max Gorn. We spoke about the big uh, Melbourne uh, ruckman and captain had a little hammy nick uh, last week. Okay though, but Beetle says Max Gorn is unlucky. If only he did a Novak hammy, he would be good to go straight away. So that, that tells you all you need to know about what people think of Novak. Oh, you watch the medical timeouts for Novak if deep into the tournament and he's under pressure and wants to change momentum. Um, so anyway, that's in that's the rules. Right. You're allowed to do that. Medical timeouts, they're fine. Well, they had one toilet break too, which still surprises me. One toilet break. Andy Murray wasn't happy about that no. when he went the long match. Take medical timeouts willy-nilly, but just the one, one, one dunning break. Together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India and Australia, in Feb. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you've got to do is to be crowned the last fan standing. So every day here, you know the drill now, and across the day with the pipe, we're providing you with 11 cricket questions, and the last fan standing after the 11th will have the chance to win on Monday the 30th of January. Not far away now. All of our daily winners, all of you lot, will go into the final last fan standing quiz for your chance to take the overall prize. I still reckon it's up there with the Toyota for the best prize of the year. So it's flights for you and a mate to Delhi, five nights premium five-star accommodation, the sports luncheon with SEN's commentary team, the corporate hospitality at the cricket, and a 1000 bucks spending money just to put the icing on the cake, all thanks to Maccas. Now, if you know Simon O'Donnell's career well, and if you don't, you've researched heavily in the last 20 minutes. Like, why? Why, why not, I ask you? No. Why not? No. And uh, it just, not right. it's going to be great to watch you squirm as I conduct this You quiz. won't be watching me soon because I won't be in here. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be here. Question without notice for Scoob. How can a hot air balloon go west to east if there is an easterly wind? That's from Cam in Churnside Park. He poses a good question. <laughs> I usually see them start over here near the beach and go out towards the Yarra Valley. That's the only reason I say that. Cam, sorry, I'm not. You know, there may be a wind change. I've got no idea. And it has. I don't know about you, but it has struck me over the course of recent weeks that these things so are if, beholden if you to the take wind. Off, if you take off over here and there's a wind change, you end up in Perth. But what do you think's been happening? They've been touching down on the beach, on the street, in the front of buildings. But that's because they're faulty, not because they're dodging well, the wind. They don't land in it? Perth. They just turn off their flame, don't they? And they just come down. Land in the bay. That's what. Well, that's why that one didn't land in the water. I reckon because he would have turned off his little pilot light. He said, he would have turned it down a little bit just so he touched down on the sand. Well, he hardly got anywhere. He'd only just taken off. Hadn't no, he? he hadn't. No, they've been up for a while. It was well and truly light by the time he came down. They go up in the dark nearly. Watch the sunrise. That's the whole thing. The dark, you can't go up in the dark in a balloon. <laughs> cool, they do, mate. I'm telling you, they do. I might get you one actually when when we're done here. Is it? Thank you. Uh, I might get you one. It's a little gift. Our relationship's done when we're done. <laughs> we'll be back to reset after these headlines on uh, Summer Breakfast. Uh, stay with us. Adam Pavlou's got the latest in the news. I can't room. believe it. You and Brooksy, I've had a gut The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast.
Welcome back. This is Summer Breakfast on this Tuesday morning. Another glorious day in Melbourne, it must be said. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. And the McCafe menu, our official coffee partner today. JDS just... is in the house. Is he here? He's here? Yep, good, he's to, here. good to Walked hear that. Uh, Luke McDonald will be here shortly. North Melbourne uh, co-captain. We're on the blower anyway uh, after being uh, unveiled yesterday alongside Jai Simkin. Looking forward to having a chat to Luke. Uh, Mike Cation's going to join us, USA Tennis commentator. Brenton Toy as well. So Tiwi's Bombers NTFL coach, he looked after Harley Bennell uh, up in the top end uh, this season just gone. Now Harley is coming back to Melbourne to give it, uh, quote unquote, one more crack. So I just wonder what VFL team he might uh, find himself at this uh, upcoming season and what the future holds for him. BP, of course, uh, the comprehensive wrap from Melbourne Park, our SEN tennis guru, question of that notice. And last fan standing, thanks to Macca's scoop. A couple of things on my mind. The January 26th debate. Yes. Should we – does that mean we can't play sport on January 26th? Or, or does sport need to pay appropriate homage to the day and, and what it means? Can can – does it mean we don't play sport? Well, we are, though, aren't we? We are playing sport on January 26th. The Aussie women are playing. We know that. They're playing mm. Pakistan in one of their – the second, I reckon, of their three T20 games. BBL, I don't think, are playing this year, are they, on January 26th? Have they – they're not. So they've made the decision not to. I'm not sure what the NBL are doing. The, the Australians, I mean, are they going to have a – you know, they're debating whether they have a – Test match next year with the, with the West Indies uh, on Australia Day. Uh, they're, they're here for two test matches in January, and one of those dates is is looking to be Australia Day. I mean, I, I'm not sure. So the Australia just so just... are people are people. Is it being called that that it's a it, it just becomes a a null and void day for sport and and well the we... Australian Open is on and will always be on at this time. But they, they've they've uh, come out and said they will not acknowledge it at all. As Australia Day, it will not be referenced, it will not be mentioned, it will not be celebrated, which is another day down at Melbourne Park. So there's sport there, but with no significance attached to it. And we know the uh, Aussie women uh, are going to be playing. Now, Ash Gardner, obviously, we, we read out her tweet. She was compelled to say that it's something that doesn't sit well with her at all. She'd prefer not to play. She's playing. But it's her job, so she will. Uh, Meg Lanning, the returning captain, spoke about Ash Gardner's stance. We're fully supportive of Ash and, and her stance and her feelings and, and views around it. It's something that we can't control in terms of, of the scheduling and, and playing on that day, but something that um, we would like to do is just acknowledge the, the sadness and grief that that day does bring for um, First Nations people. Try and create a better understanding of, of what it means and, and, and their culture, um, and that's what we're, we're using this, you know, this opportunity to do. Um, so, but I, I think it's a really united front within the group. Uh, we will be wearing our Indigenous jersey um, on Jan 26th, and um, there's, there's a few other things we're doing as well. We're doing a, a cultural tour as well the day before um, to try and learn a, learn a little bit more. So what do you think? That was uh, Meg Lanning, of course, on Ash Gardner's stance. I mean, what, I'm a bit ambivalent towards it, to be honest. I'm, I'm not um, – I wasn't a big celebrator of Australia Day, nor am I outraged that um, that there's differing views on the date and, and we now seem to be abstaining more often than not. I mean, what do you think should happen? Oh, I just think it needs to be resolved. You know, and It feels like I, it's – I'm not sure it's it's going to be resolved. Hmm. And But I, I don't want, again, sport to be in the, in the middle of it, um, that, you know – Cricket Australia have got a you know a schedule to to uphold. They've got, they've got to play their their cricket matches. I I, I just we've just got to find a, some some common ground to to say well look let's let's stop this 
harmful debate. And it is. It just separates. Every year, we just go boom. This is like it's unresolved, as you say. Yeah, we, we just absolutely, utterly separate, and, and it doesn't sit well with me. So separate sport and politics, which is, again, another age-old debate that's uh, sometimes impossible well, to but, do. But, but it's the same on both sides. If, if you say we've got two sides in this, in this, they use it as they wish. You know, Ash Gardner has used her sport to, to, to identify and, and be able to broadcast her thoughts, which I, I think that's, that, that's all well and good. Uh, but you know, we we use these platforms you know, when we can get some leverage off them, and I'm thinking I've sort of had enough of that. I've had enough that that, that sports keep, keeps getting dragged through the mire when when sp- sport is enjoyed by more people than less people. Well, the Australian we, Open we want that activity. Put themselves out there, okay? They're, they're, it's an Australia Day free zone on the 26th, but they've had a First Nations why Day. Why is it an Australia Day free zone? If someone wants to celebrate Australia Day, why can't they? Yeah. Because they've had a First Nations Day. That was on the first Wednesday of the tournament to celebrate, you know, Australia's Indigenous history. There's an All Abilities Day. There's a Pride Day. So they've had every other day going around. Seriously. Seriously. If you want to celebrate Australia Day or or not celebrate Australia Day, that's your decision. I I really think it's simple. I I really do think it's simple. In what regard? Free to celebrate if you want to celebrate. Because you want to celebrate Australia Day, I'm sick of people who want to celebrate Australia Mm. Day being howled down. I'm sick of people who don't want to s- celebrate Australia Day being howled down. I, I see it both ways. Yeah. It, it is so, so it, destructive. Do you feel a bit reluctant to celebrate Australia Day because you feel like I'm it's celebrating not the right thing it. to do? Yeah. I'm celebrating it. Well, you are. But, this but is but your I, birthday. <laughs> I also feel for the people that don't want to celebrate it, but mm. I'm, still, I'm going to celebrate because I, We've got to somehow stop walking on eggshells all the time over mm. these things and, and find some common ground. But it just seems people don't want to find common ground. When it looks like we're finding common ground, then they want more and more and more and, and the fight just goes on. It it becomes tiresome in the end. I, I, I don't want to say that in a in a uh, in a um a manner that's not showing respect. I, I hopefully I am showing it respect. It, let's just get this settled. We need to take a break because we're going to get Luke McDonald up shortly. But Tennis Australia, and they are they will be the constant in this conversation because the Australian Open will, unless something massive happens and there's a shift, will always be on when January 26 rolls around. Now, Tennis Australia said in a statement, we are mindful there are differing views and at the Australian Open we are inclusive and respectful of all. We acknowledge the historical significance and deep spiritual connection our first peoples have to this land and recognise this with a welcome to country on stadium screens prior to both a day and night session daily. So that that's it. I mean, there's every other day they've had, but Australia Day, it'll be an Australia Day free zone down there at uh, at uh, the Australian Open on the 26th of January. You can let us know your thoughts on that. A lot of texts coming through, uh, 0433981116, thanks to the Temper 40 Winks text machine. And the IMAR Insurance Open Line uh, is 1300-736-736. We'll come back to that. We just need to pause it for a moment because we've got the newly installed North Melbourne co-captain Luke McDonald on the other side of this. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer breakfast. Gee whiz, you've lit the, you've lit the touch paper on this, haven't you? Uh, they have come from everywhere for you, for with you. Uh, it is a, a big debate, isn't it? We know that it's nothing new, but um, we'll read those texts out. Um, right after we speak to this man, because uh, he was installed 
as the North Melbourne co-captain uh, and unveiled to the media yesterday. His name is Luke McDonald, of course, son of Donald McDonald. has great history with North Melbourne as well. Josh Simkin will uh, help lead him into this new era at North Melbourne under Alistair Clarkson. It's an exciting time to be involved um, with the North Melbourne Football Club. Imagine barracking for the club all your childhood, Good and then test. playing for the club and now captaining the club. It really is uh, the stuff of uh, that dreams are made of. And Luke McDonald joins us, the North Melbourne co-captain. I'm not sure you'll ever get tired of hearing that, Luke. Uh, congratulations and welcome to you. Uh, no, I don't think I will either. Um, thanks for having me, guys. But, um, yeah, obviously it's been a, been a pretty exciting week for the McDonald household. It is awesome. I know you spoke uh, at length about it yesterday at Arden Street and the one of the things I took away was it still hasn't sunk in yet. Oh, it must be hard for someone in your position to have it sunk in, I suppose, given your history, you know, supporting and following the club and then playing for it for many years before this uh, this announcement. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking to a few people, I think it's something that sort of you, you think about a lot when you when you finish your career. But, um, but yeah, at the moment, just really, really proud uh, to have been elected by the playing group alongside Jai. Uh, you know, I think it's something that everyone always sort of spies to when they get to a footy club because you look, you always look up to the leaders at the football club, and um, yeah, it's just even more special being at the club that the dad played for, um, that I was a fanatic for my whole childhood, and um, yeah, as, as I said a few times, all I ever wanted to do was play one game, and then mm. when I got that one game, all I wanted to do was play 156 games to top dad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, to be captain is just a massive honour. Now, one thing I couldn't wait to ask you about was just to tap into the emotion and the excitement that your old man would have had for this announcement. And then, lo and behold, we hear yesterday that he was typically cool, calm and collected when you told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very cool. I mean, to be fair, he's, he's down in Port Ferry uh, on holidays with, with mum, so I haven't actually seen him in person yet. But, uh, but yeah, he was very cool, calm and collected and... Um, but, yeah, he's, he's obviously really proud. So, um, yeah, these things, they're obviously really, like, proud individually to have, but it's, I think it's something that, you know, has come through from the whole family. So, um, yeah, my mum and dad and sisters and my wife are all, yeah, really proud. And, yeah, it's, I suppose, hopefully just the start of a, a good journey. Luke, you've, you've been part of North Melbourne, you know, since 2014 when you you debuted and you've seen coaches come in and out, administrations come come in and out. You can't help but get wrapped up in, in what's going on at North Melbourne at the moment. The Clarkson thing, the energy in your voice, anyone talking about mm-hmm. North Melbourne from your president to, to your new CEO, it's, it, it, it must be brilliant to be, a, a, I, I sense it's brilliant to be around. Oh, absolutely. Um, the energy that Clarko has brought in with, with his new acquisitions and, and just how he's gone about it since he's got here has just been, yeah, it's been unbelievable. And, and all the boys have, and to be honest, the whole club's just really, really bought in. And, yeah, I mean, there, there is usually a bit of excitement uh, pre-Christmas because no one's at a loss yet. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just an exciting time. And, yeah, just feel so lucky to have Clarko as our coach and as I said the people we've brought in they're all they're all really good people but really strong footy people that have been involved in uh, really successful environments and that's something that we want to build at North Melbourne. Look can you explain the the change of that environment you know, mm. you know for all intents and purposes the list is pretty much the same but the energy is so different. Yeah well I, I mentioned briefly yesterday uh, that 
just the simple thing of moving the footy department right into the middle of the footy club and, and yeah, just making it a real open environment. The um, staff, you know, membership, staff, admin staff, anyone there, VFL, AFLW staff, everyone can pretty much walk through and um, see what's going on in our meetings and, um, you know, it's just a little thing. But we had our first ever, our first time since I've been in the club, um, full club Christmas party pre-Christmas just so, you know, everyone can get to know each other. And, you know, it's not just about the AFL players, it's about the whole football club staff, the AFLW players, the VFL players. Um, it's just that full one club approach where everyone's on board and, um, you know, if we're doing doing well off the field, it's, it's certainly going to emulate uh, how we perform on the field. So, Luke, what I'm sure you get asked this a lot since he was installed as coach, but what's he like behind club? What's Alistair Clarkson actually like? Now, you mentioned the renovation work that he'd undertaken yesterday. but Be careful here. What, el- what else has he done <laughs> and what other changes has he made and what difference has he and his team made? And what, what other anecdotes can you share with us potentially? Oh, just to start, he's very, very approachable. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, he's pretty quirky. Uh, he's, he's got a lot, lot of stories. I mean, just because he's got so many experiences over his footy journey. But, um, but yeah, the thing with him is he's just so approachable and really, really clear about what his expectations are of, of you and how he wants us to play. So um, I, think, I think that's the thing that's just made it, made it really good. It's been really, really easy to, to build a uh, quick relationship with him. And, um, yeah, you just, you just can't, wait, can't wait to play for him. And how has pre-season changed, Luke, like physically out there on the field? I mean, is, has there been any sort of difference there in, in terms of the, the, the side's preparation? Or is it your belief that all clubs across the competition, you know, that the differences are marginal when it comes to, to this time of the year? Oh, well, there's no doubt um, since my first year, uh, the pre-seasons have changed a lot. I think my first few years, there wasn't wasn't too much sports science. We were just absolutely getting flogged. But, uh, but yeah, there's... There's, there's no, yeah. There, I wouldn't say there's, a, there's an enormous difference between, um, you know, over the last few pre-seasons. Kevy White, so, um, you know, head of strength and conditioning, and, and he's been, he's put in a really, really good program. And um, I suppose it's more just the, the new drills you sort of do, uh, because obviously Clarko's brought in with him, Brett Ratton as well, who's, who's got a wealth of knowledge, and he's been really, really hands-on on our main days. Josh Gibson, so. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of really experienced footy people and, uh, yeah, it just feels really sharp. Luke McDonald, the player, to Luke McDonald, the captain, what's going to be the difference? Uh, well, you, I mean, you get you get um, elected into these titles because of what you've done, so I don't, I don't really want to, want to change too much at all. There's no doubt um, got a, more development in me as a leader and I'm lucky that Jack Zabel's still around to help me on, on that journey and I'm lucky as well that... I'm doing it as a co-captain with Jai. So, um, yeah, I just want to be a really, really strong leader, um, someone that the boys are still really, really approachable, someone that, you know, they can really confide in. But, oh, yeah, I just can't wait to um, to lead the boys out, outside the tunnel with Jai. It's, um, as I said, dream dream come true. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about pre-season, but I just can't wait to get into the games because that's what it's all about. Gee, that uh, photo of you outside the the Dallas Brooks Town all seen some um, seen some exposure this week, Luke. <laughs> yeah, my little sister Sally, she was uh, she was the one who dug it up, and she's been pretty excited to get a few shout outs on all the <laughs> social medias. But uh, but yeah, I, I'll never forget that day when um, James Brayshaw was up rallying rallying all the supporters, and uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing how how the journey sort of all turned out. 
So if we come back to on-field, I mean, it's an easy time of the year for us and for you to be, you know, positive and rosy and optimistic. But the bottom line is, you know, 18th last year, 18th the year before, 17th the year before that. I mean, where is the improvement going to come from in terms of the the on-field performance this year? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and Clark hasn't shied away from that. But the reality is we've got such a, lot, a young uh, group of players that are just ready to, I suppose, get, in, get taken by the scruff of the neck. And, and that's something that Clarko has done. And, um, yeah, just instilled some really, really strong standards uh, about how we train and, and how we act. And I think that's just going to hold us in good stead. We've got no doubt that, you know, these things, they don't just turn overnight. But Clarko has made it pretty clear that we're, we're, uh, we're definitely... We're definitely not here to wait. We're, we're in a hurry to get better really quick. And, I mean, you only look at teams like Collingwood last year. I think they finished 17th. And, you know, the next year they're one goal away from a grand final. So I think uh, when people think about rebuilds, you know, they say they can take a long time. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you get all the, the small things right, which I, which I think we're doing hopefully at the moment, uh, it's... It certainly won't take as long. But, I mean, if you just look at our list, a lot of our really important young players have, have got to that 50, 50 games and you mm. even saw in the back half of the year, like guys like Luke Davies-Uniak and Benny Mackay just, just start to really explode on the scene. Speaking to newly installed North Melbourne co-captain Luke McDonald, and are you healthy, Luke? I mean, there's been a few people out there having a look at your training sessions. I mean, is everyone, basically everyone in the in the main group, how are your sort of uh, your, your trade acquisitions going? You know, Logue, Tucker and Howe and all those guys. Yeah, so um, Darcy Tucker and Griffin Logue came, um, or Darcy Tucker just had a little knee up just before he came across, and Griff had a few groin issues. But Griffin's joining the main group next next week, which will be really exciting. And Darcy's, um, well, for starters, he's got the biggest arms I've ever seen, but he's um, he's certainly in really good nick. So, uh, yeah, we've got really really good numbers on the track, and, and those guys are going to make a massive difference, as well as, um, as you mentioned, Dan Howe and Liam Shield. Um, He's been an awesome, awesome sounding board for me as well already. I mean, he's played in four premierships and uh, he's played with some really, really good footballers and good leaders. So uh, he's been awesome for, for me and Jai so far. So what happens between now and, I guess, the, the one preseason game? Look, do you guys get away for a camp or what, what's the program look like from here? Yeah, we, we got to talk a pre-Christmas for a little camp, but uh, this this week's probably one of our biggest weeks of the whole preseason. And then... We uh, we get four days off, and um, after that, it's pretty much into intra club games, and and the the games really start. And as I said, that's that's what it's all about, getting into the games. Um, we're really really excited because yeah, we've obviously done a lot of learning, and and Abby, you're you're only playing against each other. You you want to start playing against oppositions to see where you're really at. And Ben Cunnington's the other one who was you know has been sorely missed and has been through a, a heck of a journey. I know you had a. A golf day last week, I think, where the money raised went towards the, the Cancer Council. How's he going with his footy and how's he progressing? Yeah, he's going really well. I mean, in the last two years, he, he hasn't played and uh, we've obviously battled those two years because he is really a most important player. Uh, he's he's in really, really good condition. And, uh, yeah, the, the boys, just, everyone at the club is just so excited to see him back out there because... He, uh, he's arguably one of the best players in our club's history and it's going to make a big difference. And, yeah, it was awesome last Thursday to get down to Heidelberg and, and raise some money for his team, BC, um, for the Cancer Council. So, uh, yeah, he's been through such a tough journey, but 
he's uh, he's as excited as ever and as hungry as ever. And before we let you go, Luke, I mean, I think anyone listening would agree that Taron Thomas's talent is unquestioned. I know you were asked about him yesterday. If he can obviously piece it together, who knows where he can get himself to. But the, the challenges that he's facing at the moment, this is a, a nice little test, an early test to your captaincy credentials, I suppose, alongside Jai. Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, that, that matters before the court, so there's not too much we can say. But in terms of the playing group and the whole footy club, we're going we're gonna to support Taron through this. And, um, yeah, we're always going to be there for him. So, um, yeah, that's all I can really say about that. All good, mate. We wish you well. Uh, well done once again. It's a, it's a, it's a, it must be amazing for you and the family to be installed as the captain of the club you grew up following um, with such a close connection. So we wish you and, and Joy and the rest of the, the team well with this new era uh, under Clark. I appreciate your time, mate. No, no worries. Thanks very much for having me. There's Luke McDonald there. And North fans, by the way, you want to head to membership.m. NMFC, nmfc.com.au to join up for 2023 as a member. He's a beauty. I love He's a beauty. Donald. Oh, Fantastic. Like, and and that is, it's one of those stories you don't often hear anymore, the, the support, the play, you know, now the leadership role. No. You know, most guys, you, know, you just go into the draft and when your name's pulled out, it's pulled out. Whether that's the club you support or not, it, it generally doesn't happen anymore, does it? Not many. Not many, not many at all in this uh, professional Young Stocker, era. who now is down with the Saints, he was a Saints supporter when he was younger, but obviously was drafted by Carlton, or did he come to Carlton he, from GWS? Hey, we might, um, he, he was at Carlton, he's not at Carlton anymore. Sorry, I was just distracted there. Russell, uh, if you're happy to sit on the line, um, we'll, after the news uh, headlines here from Anna Pavlou, we might revisit the Australia Day conversation before we touch base with BP. So, Russell, if you're happy to sit and wait, let us know uh, your approach and attitude towards uh, January 26. Happy to hear it right after these uh, news headlines. Russell's with us. He's uh, stood by uh, throughout the news update. Appreciate you doing it, Russell. What are you What are you doing on Thursday? Uh, uh, Sam and Sod, I uh, uh, live in a retirement village uh, out in uh, uh, Gowan Bray. Uh, we're celebrating Australia Day with the sausage sizzle. Uh, we'll have about 120 residents there. We'll sing uh, Advanced Australia Fair, and uh, I still call Australia home. And... Uh, and I'm with Sod, so I'm fair dick and sick of it. Uh, uh, if you don't want to uh, celebrate the day, well, you don't celebrate it. Uh, I'm a proud Australian, and uh, and uh, I'll be celebrating the day sort of thing. And uh, and uh, everybody's entitled to their opinion on that. And I'm 71 years of age, and, uh, and I'm sick of all the divisiveness. Uh, we're all Australian, whether you're white, black or brindle. So uh, let's get on with it, boys, and uh, that's what I'll be doing Australia Day. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call, Russell, and thanks for waiting on the line. Um, he's singing from your hymn sheet, Simon. Was Russell adding Gowan Bray there? That's what he's going to do Enjoy on Thursday. Enjoy your day, Russell. Enjoy uh, your day. Guys, it's completely different to the other celebratory days you mentioned. It's about the date itself and what happened on this date. Changing the date allows anyone to celebrate the country without hurting Indigenous Australians. These are some of the texts coming through, Scoob. Guys, don't forget what it means to us migrants. Australian naturalisation ceremonies are held on the 26th. This is a day of significance for millions of us immigrants. Scoob for Prime Minister, says Marty. We are nothing without our past, whether it be good, uh, bad or otherwise. How can the AO stop people celebrating Australia Day? It's ridiculous. I'm proud of my country. I'll be celebrating. 
Tennis Australia celebrate every day, but Australia Day, what a disgrace. They could have had an Australia Day section at the tournament. That's from Chris in the Melbourne CBD. So lots of these texts coming through. Well said, Simon. Essentially, the Australian Open promote inclusiveness for all while excluding people who want to celebrate Australia Day. All the while, once again, dividing the nation. Well, actually, dividing the woke minority who crow the loudest against the more and more silent majority who are too afraid of getting a mouthful for having an opinion that differs from theirs. Um, a lot of lot for you, some against you as well. It's simple. If it offends Indigenous Australians, get them to pick a date that we can celebrate all Australians and move it. I'm not precious about January 26. And Jordan says it seems like a no-brainer to change the date. If it's a step towards reconciliation, the date we celebrate Australia Day doesn't really matter. Why wouldn't we do it? But a lot of people saying that they're with you. You should be free to celebrate it if you wish. And if you don't want to celebrate it, then you don't have to celebrate it. Interesting, interesting angle is also all those um, Australians that have settled here in the last 50-odd years, that their, their um, Australia Day or their Australian citizenship is presented on 26th of January. Yep. I mean, they're, they're part of the discussion as well, whether their background's Indian, Pakistan, Greek, English, American, doesn't matter. You know, they're they're also part of the equation, and that's what I mean. It is such a. I don't know where it finishes, other than. I need it. I want to see the end of it. I yeah. want people to be able to go about the twenty sixth of January the way they like to go. It's about an ugly the debate on a on a on an annual basis yeah. at the moment, and and moreover, actually, with sports that are being played on today. I mentioned uh, the Australian women cricket team are playing. I mentioned the Australian Open is in action. Uh, a League, there's an A League game. There's a Unite match. It's been called. I didn't mention it earlier. Melbourne victory. Sydney FC, I think it's at, at Amy Park on Thursday as well. So there's another sport that's being played uh, on the yeah, day. On the day at the moment, it, it, it's being used for to. to in a in a in a manner that's that's, that's causing even more separation. You know, so we, we we have to find a resolution somewhere, and that resolution, mm. in my opinion, is okay. What you think of Australia Day, you do with Australia Day, and we all respect each other and, and the thoughts we have about Australia Day. Scoob, I didn't read this one out. Scoob is one hundred percent correct. If you want to celebrate Australia Day, you should be free to be able to. If we have learnt one thing from the past three years, it should be we shouldn't be allowed to have our right to free choice taken away from us. Um, uh, G has texted in, Bryce Cotton might get his citizenship on the 26th uh, as well. Uh, that's coming through from Gia. Hey, you can see the first ever Australian paddle open at AO 2023, uh, the newest racket sport with that off-the-wall energy. And if you're keen on playing tennis after watching it, I know my two boys are. They're going out and go Ash Barty rackets. They want to get down the courts today. We're going to have a whack. From cricket to tennis? Oh, yeah. You Cycling? You'll be bugging. No, I'm, I, I am, and I will be. Yeah, you can hire man. a tennis court at play.tennis.com.au. Might have to have a look at that today. Tennis court hire, no membership, no worries. On the other side of this, we're going to touch base with our man, Brett Phillips, who is the energizer bunny this time of the year. He never stops. He never sleeps, and he's right across everything, including all well, that demolition job last night. Uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, hammy or no hammy, he absolutely destroyed the demon in straight sets in no time. So Brett Phillips will review that and preview what's to come today down at Melbourne. Melbourne Park after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
Welcome back. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you. I don't mind a bit of comic relief in moments such as these, and it came from Bill in Hobart. Move it a few days to January 29, Booney's birthday, and then everyone is happy. The old keg on legs. We can celebrate on the 29th. <laughs> That's good work. Uh, a lot of texts going through. Uh, argued with uh, with passion, with venom, some with anger. Um, <laughs> Richard's, Richard said, please don't speak your own educated dribble. Rest yeah. day. Okay, Simon, let's prioritise. not happy with what I've said. Okay, Simon, let's prioritise people that came here in the last 20 years over people that have been here for 70,000 years <laughs> is the other one in regards to uh, the immigrants that have come in and get their <sighs> yeah. citizenship on the 26th. Uh, my organisation gives its staff the opportunity to take an alternate leave day in place of the 26th if they wish to do so. I think this is a great move towards recognising that not everyone wants to celebrate the day. That one is from Jake. Um, right, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar makes our chats with uh, BP possible. I think we've got him online. Uh, BP, you're with us. Uh, good morning, gents. Yes, so you have got me a uh, little fresh after um, a fairly quick-fire match last wow. night. It passed us very quickly. You would have been wel- uh, welcoming of an early night, just not the sort of result, I'm sure. How long did it take you to think, uh, BP, in your learned uh, mind, that uh, Demon or might have been in big strife against Novak last night? Yeah, I mean, those first handful of games, you thought, okay, he's settling in. We couldn't quite get a read. You know, obviously, both players just working their way into the match. And I think when he got the first break of serve in the sixth game of the opening set, Sam, you just felt, uh, well, if if he gets the front running here, I mean, really, Demon Oil, you felt had to take the first set uh, to really uh, build the energy of the crowd and... And, and get that early advantage. But he's such a great front-runner, uh, Djokovic, that you just thought, OK, this is a, is a sense of ine- in- inevitability. I can't even say that word this morning, about the whole situation. Um, and you could just sort of tell us, the more rallies were unfolding, um, just, you know, Djokovic's depth, um, gee, directs the ball so well. I mean, you just, you know, you could see Demon all scampering around the baseline there because, uh, you know, he can go cross-court and then go... Uh, line off backhand or forehand so comfortably, uh, Djokovic, and he just hits with incredible accuracy. Um, and, you know, even for a guy who's so quick around the court as Demon Or is, you know, he just couldn't get to some of these balls. So, yeah, he, he just used every part of the court extremely well and, and it took probably a couple of sets. And I thought he might have adopted this a little earlier, uh, Demon Or, in maybe applying the drop shot and, and getting. Uh, Djokovic on the run a little bit, getting him moving, which, you know, you've got to take the risk and it you know, doesn't always sit up on the hard court that well. You've got to execute it so precisely. But he didn't really try any of that. And it just, I felt it played into Novak's hands, really, because those baseline battles, uh, he wins you know, just about every one of them. BP, I reckon patriotism is alive and well because, you know, for 24 hours leading into that match, we're saying, well, you know, Demon Roy needs to make him run around and no, do this and, you know... Um, do that, you know, play the lines and test out that hammy. We forget that yep. Novak Djokovic is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, and you don't dictate to Novak Djokovic. So I, I no. think suddenly we thought he wasn't going to be on the other side of the net and Demonor was going to be able to sort of play his own match. Well, he's that good because he doesn't let people do that. No, that, that, that's correct. So when you were, when we were sort of, uh, you know, analysing going into the match, I mean, and I would have been, I'd love to be in a fly on the wall with he and, uh, you know, uh, Adolfo Gutierrez, uh, Leighton, Peter Luchak, all involved in the game plan. Yes, that's the intention. That's what you want to do. Uh, and that's what no doubt he had to do and try and do. But Djokovic, you rightly say, someone just doesn't allow you to um, uh, 
uh, to dictate and get everything on your terms. He's so good at just, you know, pushing you back, uh, just putting you into uncomfortable areas on the tennis court. And that's how good he is. You're reading the numbers, you know, <laughs> looking at the amount of titles he's won, the amount of matches in Melbourne he's won, how many Australian Opens he's won. Uh, he And look, you know, turning the page into the second week as well. I mean, I just watched him come out, Djokovic, and it was like, OK, this is my tournament now. We've had a little warm-up in the first week. This is where I really put the... Uh, foot to the pedal and you know I've never lost a final here and he's got that look in his eye. From a one-sided affair the, the five setup between the the Russian and oh. young the young Dane Rune I, I thought mm. that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah brilliant match uh, absolutely brilliant I, I, you know, I'm a big I'm a Rublev fan because I'd love to see him break through for all the effort that he puts in him and he's just a He's a C-ball, hit-ball type player, and that's the way he plays. It's worked for him to establish himself in the top 10. I mean, yes, I think we all feel like, you know, he needs to add add some dimensions if he's going to climb higher. I hope he didn't watch last night because he's trying to get past the quarters for the very first time, and now he's going to play Novak Djokovic. So maybe, hopefully, he turned the TV off uh, last night. But, yeah, I mean, Holger, you know, I've been talking about him. He's going to be a star of the game. He's still a work in progress, but he's... You know, already shown at 19 to get to the top 10, he can mix it with these guys. And, you know, he's Rublev. Uh, he faced what a deficit in that final set um, uh, in the match score and then in the match tiebreak as well. And somehow he jumped off the canvas. Yeah, it was, it was at the top of the men's game. It's just quality tennis. I mean, they, it's a physical, physical battle. These guys put themselves through the ring and they cover some ground, the athleticism, the quality of shot. Uh, yeah, we're blessed to have a courtside seat to it. For those getting along today, uh, BP, what's catching your eye? A couple of big women's quarterfinals uh, in action from around lunchtime and obviously uh, the night session on Rod Laver as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, Sam. So I think, you know, certainly for the women, uh, right back in a, I think she's, I mean, she's sort of like the little quiet assassin, if you like. Uh, I mean, she's got the huge, uh, big forehand. She's got over the fact she was on court 13 at the start of the tournament. Um, today, I think she beats uh, Yelena Ostapenko uh, with that power in the court. And I think she wants to probably prove that she's not just a one-time uh, flash uh, winner of a Grand Slam, that I'm here you know, to contest all the majors and go deep. Uh, Jessica Bagula, Victoria Azarenka, is, um, yeah, it's a fascinating matchup uh, today because you know, I think Jessica's the, the best equipped. Even though I think Sabalenka is going to take some beating. Jessica, the way she's playing, she's the best equipped seed. But Azarenka at 33, I mean, we know you can't buy experience and she's still got that fierce competitor in her and wanting to maybe win a major 10 years on from when she was a younger player in a different phase of her life. So I think it's a real danger match for uh, Jess Pagula. That should be a classic um, that could go, you know, certainly three sets. And we probably should quickly point out that Jason Kubler and, and Rinky Injikata are still going in the doubles. Uh, they were terrific yesterday. What a match that was. Uh, big second set tiebreak and then, yeah, powered away in the third. So, yes, we've had, obviously, you know, double success the last few years. No single success apart from Ash, of course, last year. But, you know, we saw, obviously, an All-Australian doubles final 12 months ago. And, yeah, these two coming together, they're just such likeable kids. Uh, not kids. Well, Ricky's a lot younger. <laughs> Jason's <laughs> he's a young. He's a young 29. They're going to do good things in singles this year. But they've made a really good doubles combination. That's... That's a little leg up, Sam, that they get a wild card 
and they can have a run like this with a crowd just uh, you know <laughs> in their back pocket. So yeah, I think they could they could go pretty deep. They're a good combination. Really, it is a great time in the tournament because in the men's tonight in the quarters you got Sitsipas uh, in action, uh, quarter past eight. Rod Laver, hopefully anyway, and, and Hutchinov. And the great story that he's um, that he's young Seb Quarter out of the US uh, and the other side uh, at two o'clock as well. So some big matches in the men's as well, BP. Yeah, Quarter Hutchinov. I think that's that's that should be a beauty. I mean. You know, we know, we've been talking about Seb Corder and the way he moves, the way he strikes the ball, uh, the way he gets into the net. He's he's going to be a world-class player. But Hutchinson's got a point to prove, you know, because he was inside the top 10 before Rublev and Medvedev and then Karatsev had that great run two years ago. He was sort of the forgotten player from his country. And I think he's wanted to prove to everyone that I can get back towards the top 10. I mean, he obviously had that win against Kyrgios at the US Open last year, went on to make the semis. So he's always had a big game. So, yeah, really small margins, I think, in that one. And, and Sitsi Pass, yeah, I think the favourite tonight to bring the fairy tale run of uh, Yuri Lehechka to an end. BP, love it. Appreciate your time again this morning, mate. Enjoy the day. Pleasure. Thank you, guys. And I should say the night too, because he just goes from the start and to the finish, and then he does it again, start to the finish. So the pinnacle of engineering is the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And this Australian... Open from BP's perspective will be known as the fly blown open, the fly blown slam. Again, uh, not the happy slam, the fly blown slam. Get involved on the temper forty wings text. Uh, to be honest, you need no further encouragement after uh, Scoob uh, lit the touch paper on the old Australia Day debate. Get your unique bed match profile. Find the right bed for you. Forty winks. They are serious, very serious about sleep. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. If anything, just a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, I didn't give much, you know, for for the crowd to cheer on. You know, I think came up against a very good opponent with a very high level today. But, yeah, there's uh, lots of things to improve for me. Um if I want to take the next step. Have you played a better player than the, one, the version you got tonight, Novak? I don't think I have, if I'm completely honest. Uh, I think uh, what I experienced today was uh, probably uh, Novak very close to his best, I would say. And um, to me, if that's the level, I think he's you know, definitely the guy that's going to take the title. As an understandably very flat Alex Demonor last night down at Melbourne Park after walking straight into the lion's den and he was torn to shreds by Novak Djokovic, uh, who is just building into this tor- tournament in ominous fashion, uh, Scoob. Um, a text just came in from Chris in Bright, in brackets, on holidays, half your luck, Chris. Guys, forgot to ask uh, before BP came on, do you know if coaching is allowed at the Australian Open? Chris, it is this year. Mm. For the first time, it'll be legal for tennis players uh, down at the Australian Open to be coached on court. But I think only if the players are on the same side of the court as their coach and they can receive verbal instructions. If they're on the other side, they can't be shouting across court. It's got to be hand signals and the like. I think I saw Novak, though. You know, he gets his... Some people are onto this. His little secret drink bottle that comes out. There's been notes attached to that. So I'm not sure if that's permitted or that's okay or whatever, but appears to be instructions on the bottle. Not the brand name of the drink. I don't know. I don't know. Just a, just the slow the serve down. Go more to his backhand. Just the conspiracy theorists out there saying he's getting coaching via correspondence. With the bandage form. on your other hammy. 
Mike Cation's going to join us next, USA tennis commentator. Uh, stay with us. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. I didn't mention earlier as well on uh, Summer Brecky that the last fan standing quiz returns to its the traditional home of uh, 20 past eight. So that is roughly the time we want to hear from you today more than ever before, such is the glorious nature of our quiz and our theme today, Scoob. You sure you don't want to read out some of the questions? They might be fine. So you can do them sort of third person style. No, no, he's not. He's gone silent. Okay, well, that tells you it's a silent protest. <laughs> it's a silent protest. All right, well, straight up, Scoob. Come back for us. Come back. Come back to the microphone. Okay. Because mate. three Americans have reached the quarterfinals of the Australian Open for the first time in more than 20 years. Now, Mike Cation is a U.S. tennis uh, commentator who has joined us on the line this morning. Welcome aboard, Mike, and thanks a lot for your time. No, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So we've got Ben Shelton, Seb Corder, Tommy Paul, John Tommy Paul into the last day. Good times for American tennis. This has been a long time coming on the men's side. Obviously, the women have been holding things down for a long time. Obviously, Serena and Venus, what they have done for American tennis can't be overstated, right? But yeah, what these three young men are doing right now is just amazing and, and great to see for us back in the States. Now, Ben Shelton, the, the thing that's most exciting is that they're next-gen talent, really, aren't they? So Ben Shelton's 20, Seb Corder, great story. He's 22. Uh, uh, Tommy's a little bit older, but still only 25. Um, so th- this is exciting because hopefully they're not just here for a good time. They're here for a long time as well. Yeah, and what's really interesting about it is I think uh, everybody coming in thought if there was going to be a couple of American men into the quarterfinals and beyond, it was going to be Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo. Um, the fact that it's a couple of the younger guys and Sebi and Ben specifically, and then Tommy Paul joining them as well, really kind of shows the depth of American tennis right now. And that's what's so exciting is that there are so many different young men who can make a run. Mikey, the change, is there something or are you sensing or can you put your finger on something that's happened in tennis in the US to, for these youngsters to be you know, coming through at an earlier age and being prominent in Grand Slams? Well, I, I think the big part of it, frankly, there, there's kind of a twofold situation for that question. Number one, and again, I, I go back to Serena and Venus continuing to make tennis relatively cool in the States. Um, there hasn't been really an American man who's leading the way in that regard, but the fact that they have been there and keeping tennis, uh, in the forefront a little bit over the last couple of years, it's such a big deal. The second part is, is frankly, the USTA, the governing body for tennis back in the States really made a, a concerted effort to try to get players at a younger age, um, and really get them involved, um, in their local clubs and making kind of that push and then all getting them together and providing them with a ton of professional tournaments at the lower levels, that being the futures level, the challenger level. Um, So you saw a bunch of guys who kind of came together and were all able to work together and then kind of make these pushes in tournaments so everybody's moving at the same point. Um, For Francis and Taylor, Riley Opelka, who's been injured, and Tommy Paul, they came together as a group and just continue to push each other to make it just a little bit easier so that everybody had somebody to lean on. Um, and now those guys are setting the standard for Ben Shelton, Sebastian Corda. And, and listen, Sebi and, and Ben have their own you know, ties into the sport with both of them with parents who have been top level players themselves. 
so often we used to read about uh, youngsters, not just uh, from the US, but around the world going to Florida and places like that for tennis camps. And they'd, they'd actually live in there and, and they'd change their residential ad- address to, to Florida. Does that sort of thing still happen? And has that become more, uh, I, I suppose, significant in the upbringing of young tennis players now in the US? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's actually lessened a little bit. Um, the focus has really been on making sure that players um, were in normal environments with their families, training with their local clubs and local coaches and getting support from uh, the National Federation, um, more so at their homes. A part of that due to the fact that you had, you know, I hate to bring up a name like this, but Jennifer Capriotti, who just got burned out at such a young age, right? That's one that I think everybody was able to point to and just say, that's not exactly the healthiest of environments. So you'll definitely still have um, some families who choose to travel together and maybe train down in, in Florida if they go to an academy or something along those lines that, that fits them. But it's more so done with a family unit and then there's support from a national uh, federation, the USTA, to try and make sure that they're getting the best coaching available for them there where they live. Speaking to uh, US tennis commentator and co-host of the Behind the Racket podcast, Mike Cation. Mike, I'll, I'll, we'll come back to Seb Quarter because I know he obviously plays today. But I want you to cast ahead to tomorrow's one between Ben Shelton and, and Tommy Paul. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of these two guys? So two guys that maybe Australian listeners this morning won't be overly familiar with. I was shocked to hear that this is Ben's first trip outside the US in his life. Can you give us a bit of background on the two young men? Yeah, let's start with Ben Shelton. Um, his dad, Brian, uh, ended up with a career-high 55. Very good player in his own right. Um, and is now the head coach at the University of Florida, the collegiate team that Ben played on for the last two years. Um, ben, he, his parents made it, did a great job of just letting him be a kid. Um, obviously, an incredible athlete is, is Ben Shelton. But he was playing football, uh, American football. He was also playing baseball. And it wasn't until he was 14 that he made that decision with his family to say, I think I should maybe focus on tennis. His dad didn't push him in that particular direction. So um, he started playing national tournaments, but never went the route of those big international junior tournaments that is, for example, the Australian Open Junior Tournament that's going on right now. So he was very much a late developer to the high level tennis. Um, having his dad there with that type of talent himself to be able to push him and teach him and guide him. Um, it, it's been remarkable, but what's so unique about Ben is he is already a, a well-rounded human being um, because of the fact, you know, we were just talking about the fact that so many players in, in the years past would go to an academy and just leave their family unit. Ben just feels like a normal kid. He's 20 years old. He's already got this massive serve incredible forehand and is just so composed and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he is just so normal as a human didn't go to all those tournaments and I think that has actually given him a a distinct advantage so early in his career Um, on the other side Tommy Paul a little bit um, Mm. how do I how do I say this guys Tommy went through the first couple of years and, and as I mentioned he was with Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo and Riley Opelka guys who got to the top 50 a little bit faster um, and it took Tommy a little bit longer he's an incredible talent very fast um, it's just taken him a while to become a professional I don't think when he was uh, first on the road I don't think he was ready 
to be out there and starting to play professional tournaments. Um, and it's, it, it, he went really, he really went through it. He stayed in that 400 to 500 in the world level for a couple of years, had some injury issues, um, but he, he needed some guiding. He needed some help. And he has an incredible coach by the name of Brad Stein, who used to work with Jim Courier when Jim Courier was number one in the world before he became one of the best commentators in the world. Um, and he just kind of needed a father figure, I think, on the road to help guide him and teach him what it means to be a professional day in, day out, to put in those couple of hours in the gym, make sure that the practice session was focused. What he does well is an incredible mover, um, and he's become a much more offensive-minded player right on top of that baseline, taking time away, and the ground strokes are top-notch. So quarter, Hutchinov's going to be a great clash this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to that one. And the quarter name a lot of listeners are familiar with, given it's, what, more than a quarter of a century now since his old man Peter won here. So it's a nice story to follow, the Seb quarter one. Yeah, and on top of it, listen, his mom was top 30 in the world in tennis. Um, And on top of it, the sisters um, are also both incredible uh, women's golf players. And I I believe it's Nellie who's won uh, the Australian Open golf event down here. I think Jessica might have as well. Um, Incredible family in terms of the athletic capabilities. Um, Yeah, Sebi coming into his own this year, he just started working with Radek Stepanik. Um, a, a top-notch player as well. And nobody had any doubts about Seb Korda. Um, it took him a little bit of time, won the Australian Open Junior event a few years back. Um, but everybody knew that he was going to get to this level. It was just a matter of when. And he's still and so incredibly young, a long way to go. His composure, though, over the last couple of days has been remarkable to watch. I didn't know if he was ready yet for this level, but certainly has the game and his capabilities on the backhand wing, especially uh, something that is going to be really interesting to watch today against Shachanov. I think he's the favorite in that particular matchup personally, um, but it's going to be a really difficult one against a guy who's striking the ball incredibly well. And we can't let you go without asking about Jess Pagula, who's in action tonight against mm. uh, obviously Azarenka, who's winding the clock right back, Mike. Uh, what chance yeah. to give Jess, who's obviously the third seed and playing some great tennis herself? Yeah, I think it's been her development has been remarkable as well. Uh, it took her a, a while to get back in form after a near knee injury earlier in her career. Um, and obviously a lot has been made about the fact that she has a, a little bit more in terms of the financial resources earlier in her career, being a daughter of the owner of the Buffalo Bills, the NFL team back in the States. But her work ethic is incredible. And what has been so good for her in this stretch early in the season are the way that these courts are playing. They're fast. And that allows her to be such an aggressive player. It's also, you know, that's why Vika is also having this big surge as well, I think, because of the fact that it favors people who make sure that they are on the attack. They will go after things. Jess is so level-headed, so intelligent on a court. And the, the way it's playing so fast right now She's just able to swing freely and go after things. And yeah, she, in my opinion, is the favorite on the women's side. Hey, great to have you on, Mike. I've got to say, uh, always great to speak to people who know the athletes so well. So loved your insights this morning. Enjoy the, the rest of your time here in Melbourne. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great rest of your day. There's Mike Cation there, U.S. tennis commentator, co-host of the Behind the Racket podcast, which is available on all your normal podcast channels. Right. You know what time it is, don't you? It is the time.
Give us a buzz. one 736 736 The green light is on for last fan standing. All thanks to Maccas. We're giving you and a mate the chance to win that trip to Delhi for the second test, India and Australia in February. All thanks to Maccas. All you've got to do today and on January 30 is be crowned the last fan standing. 11 cricket questions lined up <laughs> with so much anticipation around this one. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Last fan standing, thanks to Maccas. Yes, it is. Be crowned last fan standing, thanks to McDonald's. And you know that the uh, the Chris from Point Cook legend is growing when uh, other texts come in saying, go, go Chris, you good thing. So I've spotted him. He's in the lineup. Will we get to him? Will we go through him? Remains to be seen because today's quiz is a special one, isn't it, Simon? It's all about you. And um, look, we decided uh, that we it was high time that we did this. And are you speaking? At we, we didn't decide. I I wasn't part of the we. But you're supportive of it, nonetheless. No, uh, I'm not. So let's get into I'm it. I'm not re- supportive of one little bit. No hints, please, from you. Uh, no clues whatsoever. Uh, Luke is in Sandringham. He's going to take the new ball for us. G'day, Luke. Morning, boys. Well, good morning to you. All the very best to you, Luke. We'll start with question number one. I need to know where Simon O'Donnell grew up. No idea. Oh, bad luck. Oh, geez, I reckon... Oh, we're going to pay it. Are we paying that? Well, make up your mind, Matty. You buzzed him, you ticked him. What? What is it? I need an answer. Yep, okay. Luke, you're still in. Jeez, by the skin of your teeth. Tell you what, there might have been a malfunction back there, Scoob. Uh, where did Simon O'Donnell go to school, please, Lucas? Assumption College. Good boy. Off and running. Uh, in what year did Simon O'Donnell make his ODI debut? Uh, I'm going to say 1985. Good boy. In what year did Simon O'Donnell make his test debut? Uh, same year, 85. Good boy. Jeez, he's seen him well early here, Scoob. Simon O'Donnell once held the record for the fastest half century, Luke, which he scored against Sri Lanka in 1990. I need to know how many balls did it take? Sure, it's multiple choice, isn't it? It is multiple. Well, no, it's not multiple. It's not. No, I've been told. I'm being, but I'm being told it's not. It's a, it's a, it's an innings that has been mentioned many, many times by the man himself. Better when I go 18. Yep, didn't need any help. We didn't think you did. Question number six. What was Simon O'Donnell's highest score in ODI cricket? Multiple choice of that. I don't think it was. Brooksy? No, not multiple choice. Sorry, Luke. You've seen him too well. You're none for 100. 74. And he did it twice, the Pakistan and against Sri Lanka as well. How many senior games did Simon O'Donnell play for St Kilda, Luke? Multiple choice? No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to guess 62. Yeah! Bad luck, Luke. Gee, that's a good knock, though. You knocked over You knocked over a lot of questions there, did a lot of heavy hitting. Uh, no, it wasn't that many games. Ryan's in Mornington. Ryan, how many senior games did Scoob play for the Saners? 
Oh, bad luck. Another victim. Uh, oh, lo and behold, look who we got. That's uh, Chris in point. Cook, good day, Chris. Good morning, lads. Just a cheerio to my fans out there. Well, let's, uh, let's do it again, Chris. You might have a few more if you can finally deliver, which you've failed to do many, many times. How many senior games did Simon O'Donnell play for the Saints? Uh, 24. Oh, good start to, <clears throat> to the nearest metre. How far was Simon's massive six at the MCG? Uh, this one is multiple choice. A, 122, B, 124, or C, 128? One, two, two. Oh, two to go, Chris. This could be the morning. Uh, 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 this could be the morning. I want to tempt fate again. Could be the morning. Question 10. <laughs> Simon O'Donnell made a dream first-class debut for Victoria against South Australia. Chris, how many wickets did Scoob take on debut for the Vicks? Four. Good boy. Good start. Now, for the whole box and dice, in that same match, how many runs did Simon O'Donnell make? Uh, This is multiple choice for the finale. Did he make 74? Did he make 118? Or did he make 130? 130. (gasps) I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Maybe Scuba been the moz on you the whole time, Chris. Congratulations, mate. You've been shortlisted. You're into the grand final on January 30. I guess we. this means we don't get to hear from you now until January 30. I'll miss oh, Chris. I have a regular segment. <laughs> well done. You've done it, mate. Persistence pays off. Uh, that phrasing has never been more apt. Glad so, you won, Chris, but uh, it was a stupid quiz. Well done to you, Chris. Well, Chris would say stupid otherwise. Quiz. He'd say it was a brilliant quiz. So, Chris and all those before him and still several to come after him are into the grand final, January 34. The flights for you and a mate or a loved one or a partner to Delhi, the Five Nights Premium Five Star Accommodation, the Sports Luncheon with SEN's commentary team, the corporate hospitality laid on thick at the cricket and the spending money to the value of a 1000 bucks. There'll be another chance to win across the day today with a pipe and again tomorrow right here on SEN Bricky, the last fan standing, all thanks to McDonald's. That was excruciating for you, wasn't it, Simon? Yes. But we got through it, and I think it was worth doing as a little acknowledgement for your fine career with Bat, Ball, and Sharon. Stupid. There's nothing stupid about it. Get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text. The consumer's choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforming to the exact shape of your body. And you know what I've learned about you is that you're way too humble. That You can be humble, but you don't have to be over-the-top humble. I mean, you're almost a recluse when it comes to your career, and you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't give hints. You work so hard. We, you put a theme in and people... Claim several victims. Huh? Claim several victims. Sent several back to the Googled sheds. It. Sent several back to the sheds. <laughs> Even with Google assistance. Google assistance. I'll tell you what, Luke started brightly. For a minute there, I thought we were going to have red ink right from the start. You know Luke's middle name? Go on. Google. <laughs> Luke... Luke Google. Luke All right. Google. Uh, get involved on the Temper 40 Wigs text. They are the consumer's choice winners. Temper mattresses. Uh, they've got the pillows, the adjustable bases. They conform to the exact shape of your body. We've got the news headlines, but on the other side, uh, Harley Bennell hasn't given up hope of his uh, resuscitating his AFL career. And he's going to do it uh, down here in Victoria this coming year. Is he named a VFL club he's going to start with? Nope, don't believe so. Uh, Bretton Toys, man who coached him up at the Tiwi Bombers, of course, and the NTFL knows uh, his journey better than most. And uh, he did look fit, though, Harley Ben. Looked really fit. 
had a very good season up there. What can he offer back here in the VFL? And will, at the age of 30, provide the launching pad to uh, to join another AFL club? The Omar Insurance Open Line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Chris gets multiple choice. No one else does. Rigged much? Absolutely not. They're not all multiple choice. Some are. Some aren't. In the end, Luke didn't even need the multiple choices anyway because he was braining them. Uh, Bretton Toy is going to join us uh, after the news headlines, though. Not too far away. We've got questions without notice as well. Be back shortly. What we probably should have done is split the Simon O'Donnell theme in two. We should have had a Simon O'Donnell cricket one and a Simon O'Donnell St Kilda footy one. That probably would have been better just to prolong the pain for you, Scoob. Uh, maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Maybe we'll do a more footy-orientated one uh, tomorrow. Uh, Phil's texting. Most of us were Simon in, uh, in the Carnegie Primary School playground back in the day. Respect. That's from Fizz in Fish Creek. And no, Chris, he's not my mate. Can I make that abundantly clear? Just because I called him old mate once. We're not literally mates. I don't know Chris from Point Cook. I only know his name on the screen. So well, can I just clear that up again? actually know that. That is... No, that needs to be investigated. God honest truth. That needs to be investigated. We need the gaming authority to have a look <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you are kidding me, right? Please don't buy into that. Because I, I, people... cack, I cack are going to look at that, I think. <laughs> no, no, they're they not. Should. They're not, and they won't. Um, you ride out there all the time, apparently. That's where you ride to on your bike. No, that's not true either. I just got back from Is Adelaide. Is Chris the bloke you threw on the train? Crikey's my quads are sore. I'm feeling it in the quads. What's a good stretch for the old the old quad stretch? Just the old um, grab yeah. the grab the, no, the full, no, put foot it up and on, pull up? Put it up on the couch or whatever, so you can then yeah. do it. Sort of more like the, hur- the hurdle stretch. Yeah, do it yeah. more balanced. Then you can you know, start you know, with a just a slight stretch and then keep leaning back mm. and making it harder and harder so it hurts. Mm. Okay. In, I'd like to see you in a bit more pain. Uh, for the text coming for the text coming in sure asking whether you'd get on well with pain. Oh please. No, I probably don't. For the text coming in asking if we're calling the BBL tonight, uh, you can get it on the SEN app. It'll be uh, – oh, no, there are a few of those coming in as well. It'll be on the uh, – it'll be on 1116 SEN tonight as well. But if you don't have access to that, it'll be on the app. So nice and convenient. Uh, Bretton Toy is going to join us after this upcoming ad break. Got any questions that notice that are going to have me squirming this morning or not? Yeah, I have. Okay, good. See that venom in your eyes. You just look a bit agitated. Uh, the 40 Wings Temper text are humming along as well. We're here for the Kogan Money credit card packed full of value. We're going to talk uh, the life and times of Harley Bennell. The NTFL season's still going, by the way. I hope I didn't give you the impression that it's uh, done and dusted. They had their rep game uh, the other week as well. So still a handful of rounds to go up uh, in the top end. And then uh, Harley Bennell sounds as though he will make his way down to Victoria to try to resuscitate his AFL career. There's too much of a theme coming through on the text that you and Chris know each other. There's one text, okay? So don't be stupid. Um, you're getting desperate. Uh, Bretton Toy's going to join us after this break. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell here for Summer Breakfast on this Tuesday morning. Hope your week and your day has started well. Harley Bennell is a name just about every football follower would know. Uh, an undisputed talent at the Gold Coast Suns. Went to Fremantle where injuries really hit hard. Melbourne as well was where we last saw him uh, before he departed the AFL landscape. Uh, he's gone to the top end. He's playing some, we're told, some really good football up there, Scoob, and got himself into some really good condition. He is going to be heading back down to Victoria 
to give it one more crack, he said in an interview with the West Australian recently. His coach up there with the Tiwi Bombers in the NTFL is Brenton Toy, who's been kind enough to join us this morning. Really appreciate your time there, Brenton. Morning, Sam. Morning, Simon. What sort of Harley Bennell have you had up there? I mean, a lot of us uh, who uh, follow the game, of course, he's been out of sight and out of mind for, for those down this part of the country, of course. What, what sort of Harley have you had at your disposal up there uh, for the Bombers? Um, didn't know what to expect before he came up here, but um, once he got here, like, he has just fit in so well. The community's embraced him. Like, I think he's found some peace, you know, on the Tiwi Islands. Um, you know, he spent a bit of time over there. He's working at the college with the kids, mentoring young people. You know, I think he's, you know, got a bit of a lease on life and, and it's trans- translated into his footy. So physically and what's happening out on the ground, I mean, what are you, what are you seeing there in terms of his output? Oh, oh, physically, he's in. I don't know what Nicky was in before, but he is. There's not an ounce of fat on him. Like he, he just he moves well. Um, out on the field, like his leadership for our younger players, he's one of. He's the most unselfish player out there. Like he'll take himself off and just go. No, no, give them other boys a go in the middle. Um, but in terms of his output, like when when we've got a genuine ruck, like he reads the ball uh, off the ruckman's hand better than anybody else. Like he. he He's got a great awareness of where the opposition is. He knows how to get out of trouble. Um, he knows where the traffic is. Um, but he has just been outstanding for us, um, you know, in terms of his um, physical performance, but just the leadership that he brings as well. Brenton, how's the structure look for him to come down and have a, mm. a go at the top level again? Where, where do you start when he comes south? Um, I, I don't know, and I don't know too much about his plans. But I, you know, I think that you know you've got to be in, in at least a state league level somewhere, VFL, Waffle, uh, SANFL. Uh, I think you know maybe that's the path to try and get into to one of those teams. I think that's where he needs to be. Um, the NTFL is a reasonable standard, but it's it's nothing like you know the the VFL and the Waffle and the SANFL. So I think that's where the true test will be. Um, you know, especially, you know, our, our, like I said, he's in great nick. Um, but whether it's, you know, AFL standard condition, uh, I think it's a different question. But no doubt, the way that he's at and his mindset at the moment, like, he's just, like I said, he's found some peace. Mm. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Um, he knows where he wants to be. Um, he knows who he is. Um, and and he wants to play footy, which is a good thing. He's been a bit of an enigma, hasn't he, Breton? And as you mentioned off the top, you weren't sure what to expect. So away from just the... The magnet board and and the, and the day-to-day of, of game day and training. I mean, what's it been like to deal with, to interact with? And um, you mentioned he's found a bit of peace, but what's he been like away from the field? Yeah, funny. Like I, it's good we get some AFL players coming up here to play. Um, and and my philosophy is not to overcoach. Like I, mm. he plays on the edge. I'll, I'll I'll give him that. Like, but he's someone that can go from zero to a hundred, but he can bring it from a hundred back to zero real quick. Like he's so settled. Like. Sometimes you think he's about to step over the line. He comes up, oh, my brother, give me a hug. You know, like, um, he's just, he's, he's a very loving character. Like, he's very touchy-feely, puts his arm around you. So I think, you know, like, you just don't put pressure on him. He's, he's like the, the wild brumber. You've got to let him run. Um, uh, and, and just, but he's just been great. Like, I, sometimes you think, oh, I shouldn't say anything. And, and he just comes and he goes, no, nah, we're all right. We're all right. Don't worry about the result. We'll be okay. His mindset just, the, the energy that he's brought to the group has just been incredible. Like, like I said, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but I think the key is to, to not overcoach him and just to let him be himself. Injury's been okay while he's been up there, Brenton, because he has been yeah. challenged, obviously, physically before as well. 
Yeah, and look, I don't know if it's a, you know an overuse sort of thing, but look, up here, our, our training's been a bit restricted. Um, he lives over on the islands uh, out at Picataramore at Tiwi College, which is about 60 k's of dirt road um, away from anywhere. And at the moment, it's blocked off from the three communities. So he trains himself out at the college uh, with a few younger boys just in the gym, but he's not doing excessive running or long distances or we're not overloading him with weights. Like he's just, his body's developing at its own rate. Um, So I think without putting any of that additional extra stress on him, I haven't seen any issues with his body at all. Yeah, he said uh, in that interview with the West Australian, Britain, he'd only been up there for, what, half a year, maybe less, but it had been a a life-changing experience for him. Now, uh, uh, at the risk of bringing out bad news, you guys are having a difficult difficult season, it's got to be said, but he played in the NTFL rep game um, at TIO Stadium over the weekend, didn't he? How did it actually go in in that game? Yeah, I had a weekend with the family, but I didn't, so I didn't go. But um, from what I heard, he kicked a goal, got a few possessions, and 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 again, um, I think he was subbed out at the end of the game. Um, but I think that was a, a decision of his to go. I want to give somebody else a go. Uh, yeah. Even at that level, he's still thinking about other people. Um, but from what I heard, he he went all right. Like, yeah, he's just he's smart, he's fit, and he gets along with people. Um, so wouldn't surprise me that he didn't play well. And look, for those of us that are listening who've got no idea what it's like up there, we only read the reports, we see a bit of vision, we've never gone to watch a game. You've you've had a fair sprinkling of AFL players up in that comp this season, haven't you? Yeah, plenty. Um, we've had Neville Jetta, Travis Varco, Gary Ablett. Um, we've obviously got Sam Darley. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Ali Bunnell and Sam Darley, who's the ex-dog uh, as well. Uh, we were very lucky to have Madjack Dorr come up. And, and Madge was another one. And so was Sam. Like, when they come to the Tiwis, both of them said that they've, they've found a piece there that they couldn't see anywhere else. And, and just the community embraced them. They embraced the community. So we were lucky to get Madge up here. That was a great experience for him, but even great for better for our community to have him. But, yeah, look, it's it's a unique competition in, in the, oh, I guess, the off-season from down south. and. Mm those AFL players who, um, you know, are on their way out and, and still want to have a run around, um, more than welcome to come up here and it's great for our competition. So, Brenton, do those VFL clubs call you if they haven't done already? Do you expect them to do so, you know, just to obviously get a bit of uh, information on, on how Harley's gone? Yeah, generally. Um, but I think most of them, you know, do their homework and, and don't need to ring me. Um, but occasionally we do get phone calls, you know, from clubs. But I hadn't heard anything... Uh, about H, but um, look, he's he's got a profile of his own. I, th- I don't mm. think people need to go through me. Um, but yeah, we get plenty of phone calls from people. We've got Kim Cantilla, um, who's down at South Adelaide now, um, one of our Tiwi players. So yeah, quite often we do get taps on the door, knocks on the door to say, hey, would you be interested to come down? So um, like I said, uh, hopefully it all goes well for H. Uh, Brenton, you're coming towards the business end of the season, I understand. Who are the who are the top teams up there that uh, you think will fight it out? Yeah, um, and we're speaking about AFL players. We've got a ex AFL players coaching up here. So Shannon Rusker, uh, ex Western Bulldogs, Brisbane Bears, he coaches the Southern Districts Crocs. Um, they get their fair share. Ed Barlow's played up there for them before, and um, uh, uh, I forgot his name. Um, uh, the Fremantle. Anyway, um, but. Southern Districts Crocs, uh, St. Mary's Football Club, uh, they'll be in about third. I think they've won like 34 premierships in mm. 70 years or something like that. Um, so they've been okay. Um, Waratahs, um, coached by Ryan Ayres, he was rookie listed to Melbourne but never never got a game. But 
Um, they're a very strong, disciplined outfit. Um, yeah, and and Nycliffe, who are on the fringe, um, uh, are every chance to make the finals. And and the last team that's in the mix is Darwin Buffaloes, where um, Mitch Robinson's been playing. Like he is a cult figure. Just the opposition supporters come and get photos with him and stuff. So. Uh, it's those five teams, yeah. And then, then there's at the bottom, there's um, Shannon Motlop coaches Pints, um, Aaron Motlop, his cousin, coaches Wanderers, and then I've got the Tiwi Bombers. Brenton, great to talk to you, mate. I appreciate you sharing some of your time with us uh, this morning. We'll watch Harley's journey with interest. Uh, of course, if he does venture down this way, he said he's in talks with one particular VFL club. So we take an interest in that, and we appreciate your insights into, uh, into how he's gone up there this season. Thanks, mate. No worries, guys. Have a good one. There's Brenton Toy, Tiwi Bombers, NTFL coach. Harley Bennell wants to have one last crack at it, Scoob. Might be pretty tough, I reckon. 30 years old. Yeah, it might be, but we might wish him well. Pretty tough. We wish him well just but the if same. If he wants to have a crack, he had an enormous amount of talent. Enormous amount of talent. Uh, I've got a text here from a concerned of Glen Iris. Uh, I saw Sam and Chris having breakfast in Armadale the other day. They had quinoa fritters and a green smoothie. Much back slapping and mutual congratulations. This is a rort. Even heard them making dinner plans. <laughs> I didn't have a smoothie. Anyway, I had a chai latte. That's what we had together. One, uh, of, you, one <laughs> of your low mates from Glen Iris. That <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, we'll take a break. Our final break uh, before JDS uh, just uh, struts into the studio here. And uh, we'll speak on the other side of it, won't we, Scoop? Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to spend a bit of time with him, a bit of quality time with him over the bit next few days. Quality time. All right, back after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. You know, we don't talk a lot about, and I don't know if Kingy were here, he loves his darts, but Tim is texting from Brighton a little bit earlier. Sammy and Simon, top of the morning. I know this is not major sports news, but the ever-colourful Peter Snakebite Wright, two-time world champion, was back to his best and just won the Nordic Masters. I think he defeated Michael Van Gerwen and the new world champion Michael Smith, uh, the first title of 2023. So, Tim... We don't mind uh, the obscure sport uh, nominations, recommendations. So uh, if you are listening, or better yet, we'll reach out to you. We'll sling you the $100 tennis-only gift voucher. Tennis-only shop online at Australia's number one tennis retailer. Visit tennisonly.com.au as we welcome JDS in. G'day, Jules. Gentlemen, how are we? What's happening today? A bit disappointing last night, wasn't it? Tennis. Oh, well. Goodness me. Well, at least the disappointment was uh, emphatic and it was swift and there was no... <laughs> there was no no one uh, suffered any extended pain because it was an absolute demolition job. Well, that's, but you'd rather a, go five sets and heartbreaking, wouldn't you, than get absolutely smashed? It was a ruthless execution, wasn't it, though, from Novak? I'd no one's going to beat him, are they? Let's be honest. Uh, he's to Who, lose. Who's left the... in this draw that can knock off Novak Djokovic? Rublev will go okay. Don't mind. Him next. He's got more power, Rublev. I don't so mind. He, he might give the... Joker as much time to... Get into the swing of things. Some of the tennis that Hutchinov has delivered has uh, has been interesting as well. So we'll see. But yes, no, he's a he's an unback, almost unbackable favourite at the moment. Novak. Well, now he's got a bit more. You know what on the liver? Yeah, well, exactly. Because yeah, everyone he's... questions his injuries, which he believes no one else gets questioned. How'd you go with your sporting families uh, nomination? Good. Did yes, you just, did you settle on the even, quarters. Not even um, ones I'd even thought of. No, this is like Rod, Rod Marsh and Graham Marsh. That's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Aaron Phillips, Greg Phillips. That's pretty hard to beat. The Blitzarves, as we mentioned, got to yep. mention. Yep. So, no, it's good. Who's on the show today? Uh, we've got uh, plenty the of Maddens tennis. Are 
What's that? The Maddens? Well, not that's not multiple sports, is it, Simon? It's got to be multiple sports. Were well, you just trying to be a smart aleck, suggesting I would yep. say Essendon? Yes. I was trying to be smart. Yeah, well, it didn't work, did it? Um, plenty of tennis. Uh, Courtney Walsh is going to join us. Bryce McGain, big game for the Renegades tonight. Watsons? Dave Hussey. Watsons? Which ones? Tim and Job. Job? Oh, what other sport did Tim and Job play apart from Aussie rules? Am I missing something here, Sam? No, I don't know. What I think he's just trying to tie you to any sort well, of... Well, Gary lesson. O'Donnell and Shelley O'Donnell, of course. My word. Fantastic yep. Diamonds player and yep. Gary Premiership uh, player and best and fairest the in Southies? the Premiership year. That's a good no one nominate. Yeah, good point. Eloise Southby was a very good netball. I should have rung up. You should have. Was there any love for the Starks? Yeah, that was the first nomination. First nomination. Brandon and Mitchell. Yep. Uh, David Michaluzzi, uh, golfer, is going to join us today. So plenty going on. Something. Sorry. Oh, he's not one of them. No, he's not. (laughs) He's not one of them. (laughs) I'm back with you tomorrow, Simon. You are. Is that a good thing or a bad Um, thing, Sam? He's in. Would you rather work alone or work with Simon? Three, uh, no, hours def- by, three hours oh, by yourself or three a, hours with Simon? It's a point of I'm question. just asking the question. Definitely Simon. I'm interested to hear the answer. <laughs> Definitely Simon. The I say sincerity that, in the answer was <laughs> I say that because I haven't I haven't left the studio yet and he's between me and the door. So definitely Simon. <laughs> you definitely want a wingman. Yeah, of course you do. It's far better. He's been good today. He went quiet over the quiz for, for Last Fan Standing, which was, uh, which was uh, disappointing. I'll, I'll get the quiz back in shape tomorrow. Good. Excited about I the like quiz. the quiz, but it was taken out of my hands today. It was wrong, and but we'll straighten it up tomorrow. Good, I look forward to that. I'll see you in a few days, Scoob. But uh, good luck. I'll be listening with no, with, with great interest. Great what are you doing with your break? Uh, nothing. A bit of a staycation. Let's ring him tomorrow and see what he thought the best part of the show was. Yeah, Test to see if he was actually we'll ringing. Five to nine, we'll <laughs> ring him. Quite right. Jules, all the best with it, mate. We'll be listening up until midday. Of course, Scoob, you'll be back on air for SEN Summer Breakfast. From 6 o'clock tomorrow, have a great day, everyone. Keep it locked here at SEN. We'll see you soon.